and we're live. What's happening, baby? It was time. It <laughs> was already time, up, man. Turn, turn up, turn up that thing. What's happening, baby? That's still quiet. All right, one more. Hang on. What's happening, baby? There you go. Now we're talking about it. So how about this? How, do, how does this sound? Fuck you. It sounds good, right? Yeah, it's I could hear it. It's it was just volume. like talking to you legitimately. I know, right? Hey, man, look, you know the rule. Three people in means we start playing the intro. We already have three people. Second fastest. Here we go. Cover to Covered is a podcast that features two idiots talking about music at length. And occasionally a dog does make an appearance. There will also be special guests from time to time that will show up and they will be smarter than the hosts and the hosts will give their opinions. By the way, they are exactly that opinions. They're not truths. They are not fallacies and they do not reflect the views or opinions of their employers or those they employ. So with that, just enjoy the damn show. Welcome back. Here we hey. are. Welcome to Cover to Cover. <laughs> hey, I want to point out, because I meant to say this a couple weeks ago, why is my name so much smaller than yours in the intro video? It isn't. It looks, it, it look, even right no, now the in the top just, right. The letters are just kind of closer together, I think. I don't know. I think you're shortchanging me on the size of my name. All right, well, then you start bringing in special guests and we can talk about making it equal. How about that? How All about right. them apples? All right, let's do it. All right, Roger's here. You're here. I'm here. Six people are here already, which is great. You know what, Conchetta? I don't need you to be, like, you know, agreeing with him. Uh, just, you know, it's the same size. All right? <laughs> Look, I thought size didn't matter. Oh, wait, I guess it does. What's happening, baby? <laughs> Ah, you know what I gotta I put to different that? patches in here. You do. Fuck you. <laughs> um, you have or, so much variety. Suck it. Suck it. Yeah. Is that exactly. Robert Plant? That is. <laughs> Going uh, suck it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, my name is Mike Venezia. That is Nick Morocco. Our names are the same size on this screen, <laughs> and I think that's really what matters. That's most. part of it. Yeah, that's that's most most important, you know. So next time you guys see the intro, it'll be like Nick and like Mike, and I'll just like sort of like make up for the past twenty whatever episodes that's been doing that's mostly day. why I'm bringing it up, just because I know the next one it'll be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like make me do more work scrolling anyway. by. Welcome to Cover to Covered. For those of you that have not uh, been here before, I'm sorry. Uh, for those of you that have welcome uh welcome back um my name is mike that is nick again nick what store do you own rock city music company look i got and, a shirt today hey look at that representing and uh where can we find you rockcitymusicco.com or if you are local in the detroit area you can catch us at five mile in farmington road in livonia 
Nice. In Livonia, very nice. And like. uh, let, let, uh, one more thing. Two weeks from today, we will have a uh, fantastic in-store event with our yep. friends at Reverend Guitars, the Ken and Greg Show, as it's known. Ken Haas, the CEO of Reverend Guitars, and the legendary guitar wizard virtuoso. Any any noun or you want to throw at him, right? It is noun, right? What, well, adjective. Adjective. That's yeah, what I, mean, I was thinking Noun of. is house. Uh, yeah, okay. Dog, car. Well, Greg, Greg is as the good car. As, Greg is as good as a house. <laughs> the is, uh legendary greg cock yeah and he knows all the words yes and he plays all the notes. all the notes yes so indeed and it's hear... free it's free to attend and what do you get for free these days nothing usually so yes. go down if you're in the uh, detroit metro area make sure you check that out on october 26th correct yes. wednesday october 26th so being that that is the case, little update on scheduling. Next week, we will be off. I will be out on the road. Uh, the following week, since Nick is doing that event on the 26th, we will go live on Tuesday, October 25th. Okay? So Tuesday, October 25th, small schedule change for the week because we want to make sure that we at least come back. We don't want to go two weeks without doing anything um especially yeah, you since can't Roger get that lucky that that no no not at all yeah really i mean why do we want to give anybody a respite <laughs> you know that would be that would just be all sorts of wrong uh, but yeah so we'll be back on on the 25th and uh i'm 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 nick i gotta talk to you about the theme uh but let's just say we're gonna put together a spooky playlist we'll come up with some evil spooky music for your halloween weekend that is coming up right afterwards but spooky yes no that's not the song dude i think it's sloopy but no wait no i'm doing spooky atlanta rhythm section oh that's different okay there you go um so but tonight we're talking about 80s all right just like i had the golden girls there they're all in their 80s right and something like that so it came from the 80s is the theme of tonight's show <laughs> i don't think any of them are in their 80s now uh no they're all pretty much they're, in the ground no so, they're not pretty much in the ground they're all in the ground definitively i don't yeah. know about estelle getty though i think yeah she, she i think she died the i think she died first mm, i don't know anyway, they're all dead they're all dead. they're all dead and god bless all of them uh yes. so yeah good uh, spilled Spill except, a out for the Golden Girls. except uh b <laughs> arthur oh b arthur um she will always he will always be with us um <laughs> anyway uh so yeah we're gonna be talking about the 80s talking about music from this really weird decade the 80s we'll get more into that in a second but just know that we have notes upon notes upon notes for tonight's show between nick and i your heads are gonna spin and i i purposely left things off this list because i know that nick would pick them and i'm sure he probably did the same for me or uh -oh. not <laughs> well, we're gonna find out i suppose we'll find out soon enough uh we have we, uh, we we each picked three albums from each year in the 80s from 80 through 89 a song from each of those albums and then i have a whole list of honorable mentions because there were some years that we just picking three was just like scratching the scratching of the surface yes. like, there was no way we couldn't mention other things but before we get to that nick what's coming out this friday uh we got what uh, the one i'm really excited about is uh the new skid row album 
called yeah. Gangs All Here. Gangs All Here, yeah. And uh, if you haven't heard that track, it is killer. It is great. The, the The title track is amazing. I heard it months ago. Like, that was really weird. They advanced, and when bands do this, it drives me nuts. When they put out a song, and it's great, and they put it out like six months before the rest of the album. Yes. Like, yeah. guys, come on. I'll be sick of that by the time the album comes out, because I only got one thing to play. But yeah, this that song is it's dated but that's okay in the best way possible exactly and the new singer that they have i think he's swedish or finnish swedish swedish Uh, Uh, swedish no i said Uh, swanish he's he's swanish (laughs) i i forget his name but it has multiple vowels in a row and and uh i think it's eric something all right maybe it's not multiple vowels in a row but either way he is great yes i mean he Sebastian Bach wishes he was this good, even when Still, he was younger. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Bach in his prime is hard to beat, but I get uh, what you're saying. I got to tell you, though, when I saw that when I saw that that Taylor Hawkins concert a couple of weeks ago and he came out with Geezer Butler and I forget who else came out at that point and they played uh, Paranoid and they played uh, Supernaut. And all I could think was, Please get off the stage. <laughs> wow. I mean, he didn't sing it bad, but just, I couldn't get past the fact that the six foot four blonde dad bod, it, it was trying to do this Ozzy thing. I mean, he hit all the notes. It was just, and he was, and his well, eyes are so I mean, it's not like it's his, hard to sit, to hit the Ozzy notes. Yeah. Well, shut up. So <laughs> his eyes were sunken so far into his head. I swear they were hitting the back of his skull. It was like two tunnels. They're all darkened around, and it wasn't from Guy Liner. It was just from the fact that he's just old and does not look healthy. Um, but anyway, uh, that's besides the point. So, uh, Gangs sure All Here is coming out. Yeah, that album's coming out. What else? Bla- black vinyl, red vinyl, white vinyl. So there you okay. go. You can pick Get all three. Pick, all three yeah, variants. Yes. Uh, there's a new Red Hot Chili Peppers record again already. Yeah, they just really? put one, they put one out in April and they're putting another one out now. It's called Return of the Dream Canteen and apparently it's uh, another like it's another double disc, well, double disc on an LP uh record with the uh, reunion of the classic lineup. So, I guess people are excited about that. I'm not big on the Chili Peppers, so I don't I don't know if it's something to be excited about or not, but uh, if you're a Chili Peppers fan, I I I I guess it is. Um, yes. I've never been a fan. So. No. And speaking of also coming out this week, uh, bands I've never been a fan of, the new Alter Bridge, Pawns and Kings, it's called. You know, I, I've a couple of my friends have actually gotten the album already, and they love it. I haven't heard it. Yeah, but do they love Alter Bridge? Because maybe that's why they love it. Maybe. I don't know. But, I mean, you know, Miles Kennedy doesn't suck. I prefer Creed. Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's that's a little shocking. <laughs> In fact, that's a lot shocking. I don't know if I actually prefer Creed or not. You just I, I wanted think to I, go for shock value. Yeah, I yeah. think I prefer neither, to be honest with you. But <laughs> Between Creed and Alter Bridge, what do you prefer? Bruce Springsteen. Yep. There you go. <laughs> There's your answer. That's there your you answer. Certainly not mine. We know that. Uh, cool. All right. Well, with all that said, what are you listening to this week? What's been what's been spinning the past week or two, actually? Because we were off last week. So. Yes, yes. Um, 
couple things. Uh, I told you I was uh, listening on Audible to the Martin Popoff uh, Rush tombs that he wrote and uh that took me back to all the worlds of stage which i think is just such a fantastic record um i love that rough and heavy era of rush so i've been playing that for a couple of weeks uh jim from fuzz bubble got me going on this mary makers record bubble gun which is a masterpiece it's so good thank you jim if you're watching thank you thank you fuzz bubble for coming on a couple weeks ago but yeah i mean that wow that album's good yeah incredible incredibly good i don't know how that flew under the radar for all this time and then uh you know what though i mean it came out at a time again when it wasn't like yeah 98 people weren't looking for that yeah they they would now you're talking about power pop got really screwed over between like the late 80s and the mid 2000s because every time really like seminal albums would come out in in that genre of music like whether it was jellyfish merry maker whatever whoever it was they got caught up like jellyfish got caught up in grunge merry makers got caught up in new metal like there was just everything just overwhelmed it everything just overwhelmed it and it was too too um out there for pop radio too too instrumental too too act like the proficiency was actually too too much band (laughs) yeah too much band uh, for pop radio so it always it always got just buried and that sucks because these bands are great and by the way that playlist is up on spotify i did post it in last week's um i mean the last episode's uh uh comments so if you want to check out the ultimate power pop playlist go to episode 23 you could check that out it's on spotify's like 40 songs on there and there will be more and more and more and we are in trouble today nick i can say that with surety because Look who just showed up. Uh-oh. Well, now, I always get these guys confused. Is he? Is this the guy that likes Iron Maiden? No. Okay. Well, I was going to lead in and say that I saw Iron Maiden on Sunday, and they were fucking unbelievably great. I mean, now, it's, it's, so, it's so out of this world how great they still are. Here's the thing. I saw that you saw them. I was happy you saw them. And then I saw that you guys had a suite. Yep. All right, how did that happen? <laughs> somebody that knew somebody. Was it? It was wasn't it Bob? me. Was it no, Bob? it wasn't Bob. Actually, oh, actually, okay. actually, I got Bob in. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, that seems to happen a lot with Bob, anyway. So yes, we're talking yeah. about Mr. Bob Tyrell. Sidebar, artist extraordinaire. Side sidebar here, which because you'll really appreciate this since we're talking about it. So, I get Bob in on Sunday. We're all hanging out, see the show. It's a great time. Say goodnight. Bob heads home. Literally the next day at like, I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon, I get a text from Britt Turner from Blackberry Smoke. And he goes, look who I just ran into. And it's him with Bob. (laughs) And I go, and I go, Britt, are you like, are you in town? And he's like, no, I'm in Atlanta. And so Bob's in, you know, I mean, obviously I know airplanes work, you know, he got there, but like, it was just unbelievable. Like he was already there. And then I know it, how airplanes work. That was on okay. Monday and then it gets better. So yeah, I'm laughing about that. Right. And then yesterday I get a text from Bob at like two in the afternoon and he's like, Hey, you going to the super suckers tonight? I'm like, you're already back. <laughs> it's, he's just bouncing all over the place. Well, I think, I think honestly, I think you went there for a friend's funeral. He so, did. Yeah, yeah. Brit, Brit is a uh, mutual friend. Yeah. So, By the way, I believe Brit is now a subscriber to this channel. Oh, that's that's big time. So thank you, Brit. And dude, we need to have you on. We he do, said he would do it. it. 
He said he, uh, he would do said it, he so. would. He told you that, but he didn't tell me that. So, you know, uh, get get cracking, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like, I'll do it for two hundred dollars. And I'll be like, that's one hundred ninety nine more than I have to spend on this fucking show. <laughs> but Iron Maiden were unbelievably great. It was and it was uh, the the uh, number of the beast. They played the entire album, right? No, no, there oh, it's called. They did. No, it's called Legacy of the Beast. But it, it the set list I thought was paced great because they did the like they did the first three tracks off the new record off Sinjitsu. Okay. And then they did some classic tunes, you know, like Revelations and, uh, um, the you know, Hallowed Be Thy Name and and uh, Number of the Beast, of course, as you just mentioned. And then some deep cut stuff, like even from the Blaze era, they did Sign of the Cross. And uh, so great hearing Dickinson sing that. And they did The Klansman. Um, but the best moment for sure, the closing tune, which is so awesome, they closed with Aces High which is so you know ass backwards usually it's the yeah, opening yeah, yeah. tune but they had a plane came down out of like the rafters and was like going like this while they were <laughs> playing aces high it was it was sick the stage show was so good they are hands down in the uh, in my opinion the top five live bands of all time it's just it's so great so when when they played one of the blaze bailey tunes what were the beer lines like because <laughs> i figured that's when everybody either went to the bathroom or got a beer one of no the see okay so that's the thing like it's maiden's one of those bands where i th the fan base is so rabid that like they're into that because well and let's be honest it's way better with bruce singing it, it you realize what a great yes. song it is <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so yes I, I, and and again the theatrics of the stage show while they were playing those songs was was just great so i nobody i didn't i th once they went on it was super easy to get a beer because everybody was watching the show oh god all right well i'm glad you got to see it i didn't i had tickets to go see them when they played down here and i honestly was just too tired and that's how you know you're getting old who's you, too tired to see iron maiden because i was up at six that morning i went to go see the chargers play up in la and by the time i got back it was 7 30 and the show had started and i'm like all right well my dog hasn't seen me all day and will probably shit all over the floor if i leave him again so let me just uh you know, I've seen you maybe Iron Maiden several times. You so. should have maybe skipped the Chargers game and went to Iron Maiden. Uh, well, no, I paid a lot more for the Chargers tickets. So <laughs> there's that. But anyway, so. Uh, so uh, little, little, what else are you listening to? Or did we? Uh, I did all my what am I listening you to? It's okay. your turn. Yeah. All right. What am I listening to? Well, uh, on your suggestion, that Martin Popoff book, I downloaded it. Uh, I've been I've been listening to it. And it's great. The one thing, um, you know, being a complete Russian nerd, of course, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm absorbing all of it. And a lot of it I've heard before because I've read the documentaries. I've watched, uh, read the you know autobiographies and the biographies and read, uh, watched the documentaries. But the one thing that I noticed, and I'm not sure if you noticed this too, and I'm on still like the first section, right? They're up to just about talking about 2112. Okay. How much they defend caressive steel yes i did notice that <laughs> they really really defend caressive steel and i found that to be really really weird yeah but, and and you know what's funny is uh, it's not really a spoiler because you know this they talk about at one point there's like a, a quick little veer off about rush archives which is basically yeah. their version of kiss the originals yep. first three rush records and there's a quote from getty lee where he said 
we the biggest reason we did archives was so caress of steel could get another viewing yeah <laughs> so yeah you they really love caress of steel they, they do i look it's like they're every what the heck oh roger's eating like velcro so i thought he was like expelling lots of air no he was just ripping a velcro like slipper uh, which has been his for a while i can no longer wear it but I forget what I was saying. It wasn't even important. You talked um, about Caress of Steel. Oh, yeah. In that yeah it's book. like every one of their albums is like a kid, right? And you don't hate your kids, but you may like one more than the other. <laughs> and then there's the one that's sort of like misunderstood. That's like their misunderstood kid to them. You yes. Know? So anyway. Uh, so, yeah, but because of that, I did go back and listen to the first three albums. And I've been listening to that on, on somewhat heavy rotation. And I've been listening to, to Boz Skaggs, too. Yeah, I which know, album? Silk weird. Degrees? Yeah. Yeah, it's a masterpiece of a record. So, great album. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting, interesting listening session over the past couple of weeks because I just I wound up getting about 30 records in the mail. So. <laughs> which your video was outstanding, by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah, for those of you that don't know what Nick's talking about, I belong to a group on Facebook where they do raffles, and if you win, you win a, a particular album. And I won a mystery box of albums. I got 26 albums in this box. And uh, so they said, you know, hey, could you do a video to kind of show what you got, to show everybody else what you got? And so I pulled out, like, all of my uh, questionable albums in my collection and said that I got these albums instead of what I actually got in the box. So the first one was like, oh, look at this. Oh, it's a power trio. This is so awesome. Tony Orlando and Dawn. It was like, fantastic. And we just went from there. So anyway, I'm sure nobody wants to hear about that. They want to hear about this, the 80s. They want to know how I we're going to argue. Said, I thought you it. said Jeff didn't like Iron Maiden. He's shitting all over them in the comments. No, Jeff. Jeff what? says Bruce sounds horrible. When's the last time yeah. Jeff was fronting an arena metal band? I'm just it curious. It doesn't matter. But Jeff is the one who doesn't like Iron Maiden. John is the one who does like Iron Maiden. So this is sort of par for the course. But Jeff also likes Kick Tracy. So oh, he's the Kick Tracy guy. Yes, and Vane, who happens to be playing this Friday. So I'm not going to shit all over them. They're playing down here. Uh, they're playing in L.A. at the uh, think of the whiskey. So. And I'm sure that Jeff will be there. And I'm sure I won't. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so 1980 to 1989 is a very weird decade of music. Very weird decade of music. Um, you know, that it was, there were so many converging styles that were coming out. Some were going up, some were coming down. Classic rock wasn't classic anymore. It was just becoming classic because now it was changing to a different type of rock. Metal started rising up in the early 80s. Hair metal, of course, was prevalent throughout the decade. Goth, new wave, uh, just and, and even pop. I mean, just different types of pop that were all over the place. So I wanted, to take a, I wanted us to take a deeper dive into this. And we're going to come up with a playlist for you. But I mean, this decade is just really funky. Yes. And... It's kind of interesting to see when some of these albums came out in relation to other ones further down the trough and, 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 and what years seem to be like, wow, that's outstanding. And some years you're like, whoa, you really had to think about a good album from that year, <laughs> you know? So what we're going to do is this. We're going to go from 1980 through 1989, chronologically. We each pick three albums. Um, I'm thinking... 
we should go back and forth. Like yeah. album, 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 album. We'll do yep. that, right? Yep. And we picked a song from each album. Uh, and then uh, that song from each album, we're going to turn into a playlist, put it on Spotify. You guys can listen to it. Now, if you guys have any comments or suggestions, or if you just fucking hate us, you could put it in the chat. Uh, Q Jeff if, Henderson. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's guaranteed to happen. Uh, but his name is Ballbag. So, all right. Now, I'll give you honors. Well, you I'm going to go first. The, you go first. 1980, give me your first album from 1980. All right, I'm shotgunning you. Oh, God. Permanent Waves. God damn it, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. And I picked okay. I picked Spirit of Spirit of Radio because right. it's it's awesome. Well, I well, why did you pick Permanent Waves? Like, why is this one of the highlights of that year for you? Well, because I think it's like it's it's totally the the uh, uh, opening a new chapter of Rush, um, which I think is totally ties in with the start of the new decade, and uh, still still prog greatness on that record, you know, with Natural Science and uh, oh, yeah. Jacob's Ladder Jacob's and stuff. Ladder. Yep, uh, but. You start getting a little bit more commercial rush, obviously Spirit of Radio and uh, Free Will, of course. Um, but I just, I just love that record. That's that's always been one that I've been drawn to. As I got older, I got more into the proggy rush. So Permanent Waves is kind of like my first album that I loved by them. So yeah, Permanent Waves is. I agree, it's on my list. It was number one on my list <laughs> from 1980. But I went with a different song. I okay. went with Entre New. Great one, too. Which is which starts off side two on the album or number four on the CD, depending on how you're looking at it. Now, this album only has six songs. It's yes. not a lot of songs, but a couple, like two of the songs add up to like almost 20 minutes. Like Natural Science is 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 like 10 minutes long or nine minutes long. Jacob's Ladder is like seven or eight minutes long. And they're coming um, off Hemispheres, which only had four songs. Yeah. But one of them was an entire album side. Yes, right. So there's that. So, yeah, you got two more songs <laughs> uh, per side, for that matter. Uh, yeah, Permanent Waves is, is uh, it definitely previews what's to come for yep. Rush. You know, it, it definitely took them in a more commercial direction. They delved a little bit into reggae, because you can hear that in Spirit Radio. Yeah, all that, definitely. I agree with that. Uh, my, I guess my first pick... Um, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. <laughs> the first album by Iron Maiden. So now, the with, song, did you pick Iron Maiden? Yes, I did. So I went with the album Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden and the song Iron Maiden from the album Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden. So now, am I a big Paul Diano fan? No. No. But you can't deny that when that album came out with Fendham of the Opera and, and Iron Maiden, like all these other great songs that are on that album... It was definitely taking the new wave of British heavy metal in yet another direction. It was it was forwarding this this heaviness, uh, and you know just those that that gallop, you know yep. that 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 Steve Harris gallop uh, that he writes in like every song <laughs> was prevalent. So that's why I went with that one. It's a great album. It's a cool cover. You know the the introduction of Eddie Spike Taired Eddie Spike Taired Eddie Punk Eddie, if yep. you will. Uh, very, uh, it was like Eddie on a diet because, you know, the face was much longer on, on that album. And then in years later, the, the, the skull got bigger, but, uh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, my second choice is David Bowie, scary monsters. 
with the okay, song interesting choice. Ashes to Ashes. And the reason I picked that similar reasoning to Permanent Waves. Um, it's it's Bowie turning another corner. It sort of ends that Berlin trilogy of low heroes and lodger, the experimental synthy kind of soundscape stuff that he was doing on those records with a lot of like you know noise elements and things and uh a little bit pulled back into the commercial area that he hadn't been in in a little bit um before you get it's definitely the big stepping stone to let's dance so yes it's uh but it's still him pushing the envelope it's still got some of that experimental stuff on it um but the song ashes to ashes i i just think is a great song so that's why i, I picked that one to represent it but Bowie, you know, constantly changing, and I think it's just the, uh, rather than the beginning of a new chapter, it's the end of the yeah the uh, Berlin chapter. Gotcha. Good call. Um, my next pick from July, it was released on July 25th, 1980. And this was definitely a changing of the guard in, in a lot of ways. Damn it. Uh, starting the second half of this band's career and why you stole mine. So I'm going to say ACDC back in black. Yep. And for the song, I picked hell's bells because what better way to kind of like crank out, you know, hear Brian Johnson in all of his glory taking over where it was left off, uh, by, uh, by what's his face. Bon Scott. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, you know, they were, they both had scratchy voices, but Brian out scratched Bon Scott. <laughs> Brian sings his ass off on that record. He does. Oh my God. It's just such a display of just interesting range with that gravelly voice that, that beyond whiskey soaked voice. Yeah. It's not whiskey soaked. It's well beyond that. It's, you know, gargling glass, uh, but in tune and the album Every single song on that album is memorable, and every single song on that album is a hit in one way or another. So, yeah, you, you can't deny from 1980 that that album was not impressionable for everybody that you know heard it the first time around. So, it was on my list too, and my my song was "Shoot to Thrill." There you go, another great one. Um, so, does that mean we finished our respective? Uh, did I kill your third and you killed you, my first? Well, you killed my third, but I do have a uh, I do have a a, 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 a backup choice. Oh, okay, go ahead. Are you sure? Yeah, go ahead. You, you you asked for it by taking back in black. Okay. Bruce Springsteen, the river. I knew it was going to happen. That's why I didn't touch any of that. <laughs> I didn't touch any of Bruce. Bruce's no. Bruce's only double record in his career. Double double record Thank studio God. material. So happy that there were no other double <laughs> double albums by Bruce. So, so many great song, songs. What song did you pick? So many great songs on the record. There's a lot of not so good songs on the record too. <laughs> I have to be honest. I'm a rocker, and uh, if Gall McCartney is not uh, is if he's on here, what's that one song that we always make fun of on the river? Crush on you, terrible song. Um, but the title track is amazing. Bruce Springsteen. Uh, but there's also a great uh, song on there called Drive All Night, which I love. And uh, big as if Rachel's watching, she'll say, big surprise, he's driving at night. She always has to point <laughs> out that he's always saying that. Uh, but oh, yeah, he does. Yes, he does. But Drive All Night is a great song. And the river has a very unique sound to it. So, I, I, again, I think it's, it's Bruce being modern in 1980. There you go. Um, I'll, I'll go with one of my supplemental picks as well. Um, and they're going to make a couple of appearances on my lists for sure. 
the police. Zenyatta uh, Mandata. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, Don't Stand So Close to Me because, I mean, that album was, you know, you could see things leading up to synchronicity with that album. You know, that and then Ghost in the Machine, then synchronicity. It just, like, has this upward trajectory, the, 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 the commercialism, but their musicianship is, is amazing on this album, too. So uh, you can't get bored listening to that album back and forth. There are some honorable mentions. Um, just to, we're not going to rattle off songs, but just to let you know, some other albums that came out that year, Judas Priest, British Steel. Yep. Uh, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. Talk about changing of the guard. I took that one off of my list to put on, <laughs> uh, to put on whatever my second one was. Uh, but, but, but to back that up, Ozzy's Blizzard of Oz came out that year too. So don't say it. And then, uh, <laughs> uh from a completely different aspect, Steely Dan, Gaucho. Another classic album by yes. Steely Dan, Hey 19, just all the, you know, all great hits on that album as well. So that was 1980. And again, we're just going with certain things that we picked with. It's not any one genre, though. We're going to lean heavy towards rock. And there are lots of other great albums that came out in these years. I promise you. But we have a show that goes about an hour and a half to two hours long, sometimes a little longer. If we had to go through most of them and everything I'm sure we wanted to talk about, we'd be here till tomorrow. And frankly, I have to. Well, I don't have to work tomorrow. I took tomorrow off. So uh, not me. <laughs> well, look at you. Uh, <laughs> wait, so, wait, hang on. Hang on. Before we move on. What is Gall McCartney saying is the, the best album of 1980? You're all it, missing the Come best on, album you're of all missing the best album of 198 well spit it out just say it man we're like on a 17 second delay with everyone mark garney says high infidelity ario speedwagon <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen okay come on gall mccartney come on hurry out. up man we gotta get going on the show here dude the incredible all right wait here here's what we're gonna do we're gonna put him in timeout there we go <laughs> Oh, unmasked. Kiss unmasked. Well, all right, there we go. He's in timeout now because he took too long to get that out of his mouth. So, great. Moving on. Um, yes, Jeff, I mentioned Heaven and Hell. Uh, so, 1981, moving on. Um, getting a little bit into the decade now. And I'm going to go first because you fucked me over last time. So, I'm going to go with my Rush album from 1981, which is arguably their best album, their best known album, their most popular album, one of the best albums ever made in the rock world, prog rock world, and that's Moving Pictures. Great album. And if you don't mention that when talking about that year <laughs> or about Rush in general, there's, there's big problems. So, uh, wait, what is this? There we go. How to get rid of that. I'm tired of looking at his comments because he's not talking. So, um, so for moving pictures, I went with Red Barchetta. And I, I, I was torn between two here because I love vital signs too. But I think Red Barchetta is a little bit more of what Rush actually does on mm -hmm. that album. It's a little proggy. It's a little commercial. It's a lot heavy. Yep. Uh, great drumming in that track. My God, it's it, imagine you know, that, you know, but I mean, specifically on that track, like when you listen to it, like, yeah, Tom Sawyer, he plays, he's great. You know, camera eye going for like 12 minutes long to keep that up. Yeah. This, that particular song, his fills, it's almost like he's, he's losing control, but he's not cause he's Neil, you know, yep. Yep. and it's very instrumental, but yet still like loose cannon kind of stuff coming out with that, with that song. So yeah, absolutely. That had to be in there. Great pick. Thank Great you. Great pick. What's yours? What's your first one? All right. 
arguably, in in my opinion, the best Van Halen record. Fair warning. That was on my list too. <laughs> of course, it's my favorite Van Halen album. So yes, I think it's most d- big Van Halen's big Van Halen fans' favorite album. It seems yeah. like. Um, Got to pick Mean Street. The the guitar tone, the the lyrics, the performance. Alex Van Halen's drumming on it. I mean, it's it's just quintessential Van Halen. And what a way to open a record. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on the song. It wouldn't have been my first pick though. It may have been my third because I think Unchained, starting off side two. If you talk about that brown sound, that's like in your face, you know. But that intro to mean streets is, is i just is, love the attitude of mean street yeah it's just so like fuck you you know <laughs> wait what is it like it's like it, it it's fuck like you there you, you go. got it so uh <laughs> but i would have picked so this is love i dig that one too because that's just got like a swing to it and a swagger and it's like it's sort of like a love song but it's a question it's like so this is love yeah right (laughs) yeah and uh the guitar solo is attainable for most guitars to play that of of a even a mediocre level but it's a fun guitar solo to play and it's just it's sloppy and messy and i love it and the mix is terrible but it's such a great tune period um so yeah that's what i would have went with with that one all right um i said that this band was going to make it on here more than once and already you know, we did that with Rush, doing it with the police too. Ghost in the Machine. And, I had it uh, on my list too. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a great, great album. We think too much alike uh, sometimes, except for the Bruce shit and the Grateful Dead shit and all that other shit. Uh, but yeah, October second, nineteen eighty one, the Police came out with Ghost in the Machine, and uh, my favorite Police song ever is on this album. I could have picked anything off this album and it would have been brilliant because this album is almost perfect but every little thing she does is magic is to me just the quintessential police song it's got a little bit of everything that they ever did if somebody said give me a song that typifies the police i would play that one for him i had demolition man and again another great song you could have picked most anything off that album and it's just great too um well, we both shot out, shot out each of our other. All right, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, often overlooked record from this artist, um, but there's one glowing achievement on it, and I think it's one of the best songs of his career. Uh, Bob Dylan, "Shot of Love," 1981. One of his one of his what's looked at as his Christian period, um, <laughs> even though it's not really his Christian period. However. This song is definitely has that vibe to it. Every grain of sand, which uh, it's just lyrically like most Dylan songs is is just a fucking masterpiece and a mind blowing song. And uh, I just don't think enough people know about it. And uh, that's why I put it on the list. I just think it's 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 not talked about as much in his career. So uh, and I love this record, too. It's kind of funky rock. I don't even know how to describe it. It's all over the place. Bob Dylan funk rock. Yes, but uh, every grain of sand is just it's just such a great song. So that's why I added on here. Well, since uh, since Van- fair warning got blown up, I have to go with the, one of my other honorable mentions. And uh, there were several that that came through on here. I'm going to go with Def Leppard, High and Dry. Oh, wow. 
that's a killer album uh and bringing on the heartbreak is is you know uh, just like an anthem from that album that album has a, a bunch of really good tunes on it if you've never heard the album like the whole way through listen to it i mean there's maybe a couple you're just like eh, but most of that album is really really good as well and it's you know the introduction with mutt lang and um again sort of previewed things to come a few years later lady so, strange yep another great, great stuff all right so i'll pull one of my honorable mentions then since you took the police this one's gonna blow blow people's minds street songs rick james oh nice killer record if you like funky dirty rock i mean it, it is there's rock elements to it whole record front to back is amazing of course everybody knows super freaking give it to me baby but uh below uh below the funk past the j is great mr <laughs> policeman's great fucking awesome record awesome well some other uh some other things from 1981 some other honorable mentions from 1981 the human league came out with an album called dare which you probably know for the song don't you want me baby yep so that came out uh the rolling stones tattoo you that was Steve, one of my honorable mentions yep. as well. Stevie Nicks, Belladonna. I mean, the classic Stevie Nicks album. And Motley Crue, Too Fast for Love. Leather Records, 1981. And Leather. If you have one of those first ones, you'll get like 1200 bucks for it. I had so, one at one point. And you sold it for? Uh, like 350 Oh, my God. I bet you're regretting that now. That was like that was like 2000 12 maybe it was oh, okay. yeah i mean everything's at the height right now yeah it's kind of crazy all right moving on to 1982 nick you go first Ooh, what do i pick what do i pick maybe i'll pick this because i think you're gonna steal it if i don't iron maiden number of the beast it was on my list it was on <laughs> number my of list the beast. but it wasn't my number one it was on my list but it wasn't my first one I didn't rank them, so I'm just pulling pulling in whatever order. But uh, Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, maybe their best record. I don't know. It's it's the one I go back to the most, although Peace of Mind, Power Slave, all all fantastic. Those three, it was just boom, boom, yeah. boom. Like those yep. three in a row are just, you know, hard to deny all of those. And for the tune, just because it was uh, so great being a part of it the other night when they played it, as generic as it is, Run to the Hills. It's a great song. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for me, October 27th was a big day. Big day for the color purple. Yep. Because this guy, who went by the name of Prince, currently dead. Uh, <laughs> Might be back. <laughs> you never know. But currently dead, yeah, looking to make a comeback. Uh, released the album in 1999. And obviously a classic in and of itself. Uh, the dude was smart. He's like, you know what? In about 17 years from now, even if I'm not famous until then again, I'm going to become famous again because I have this 1999 song from the album 1999 and it worked. Um, but I went with the song Little Red Corvette just because when I was a kid, that was such a great pop song in the minor key. It's just it's just such a great tune and a fun tune to listen to. So love it. Great record. And I just want to say how we said currently dead might come back. If there was anybody that wouldn't, it wouldn't even like phase me if they fake their own death, it would be Prince. Yeah, really. I'd I mean, be we like, know oh, he yeah, didn't go fight, figure. But that would be like, <laughs> oh, Prince is back. Ah, big <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Him or Bowie. Yeah. Well, now Bowie, I think, is really gone. I think he's yeah. definitively an ex Bowie. 
<laughs> Next boy. Um, I went with, with one of my favorite albums of all time, Donald Fagan, The Nightfly. I kind of thought you were going to pick that. Yeah, I love I that record. From it. I stayed away from it for that reason. I, uh, it's, didn't he win it's, a Grammy for that one, too? I think so. It's one of the first digital recordings ever. Mm -hmm. Some say it's the first. I don't know if that can be proven, but mm. um, which is funny, though, with the whole, you know, the MoFi digital thing. They did a one step of that, but check this out. It's always known for being one of the one of the first premier digital recordings, but they also made an analog master tape of it, and that's what MoFi used to do the one step. So the company everyone's mad at for doing digital did the analog version of the most popular digital record and people bought it and people bought it including myself uh masterpiece front to back if you like steely dan you'll love uh the night fly although this is a little bit more throwback style there's some like a lot of harmony vocals on it and stuff but uh i picked green flower street uh just a great song igy of course is fantastic uh walk through the raindrops the closing track is great but my my pick for if somebody said what's the best song on the record i would say green flower street may 14th was a big day for punk well i guess reformed punk in a way uh because the clash released combat rock and come on i mean talk about blowing up on radio you couldn't go anywhere on, on radio or on mtv like you couldn't go anywhere without seeing like the rock the casbah video or hearing the song on rock radio or alternative radio it, it, it hit so many different types of stations that like you just turned the dial and there it is again it's like yep. oldie station oh there it is like how did it wind up on the oldie station uh, but yeah, I, I went with combat rock and, and of course I pick rock to Casbah because it's just a fun tune. I think it's know? pretty funny how commercial the clash really are, yeah. especially in hindsight. I mean, the clash have four or five tunes that are on classic rock radio every day. Yeah. Tons. You know, which is more than like the Ramones. Like you don't hear the Ramones on classic rock radio. I think the songs are too short. <laughs> yeah, there's not enough time to to queue up another song before yeah, right. you know like all right let's put on this ramones tune let me get a drink of water. oh wait i gotta put on another song it's over it's done it finished already yeah so anyway that's a that's a great 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 album what do you got for your third my last pick duran duran rio i'm surprised i'm surprised too but i just think about like you know, you talk about there's in the '80s. I think it was the premiere. I wasn't there, <laughs> but I in was. hindsight, but in hindsight, it seems like it was the premiere time of like so many genres interweaving with one another yes. and having them all be yes. successful. So you had heavy metal, you had pop music, you had R and B, you had um, you had of course just straight metal. All of that was starting. But I think the thing with Duran Duran is like a a, a good marriage of. Build, building on like what the police were doing of like this sort of eclectic music with a lot of different influences coming in with like good pop hooks um i don't think duran duran are as good as the police of course but rio the track i think is just like i think it's like a definitive song for duran duran and mm. let's be honest the bass playing on it is fucking brilliant oh yeah he's amazing he's yeah. absolutely outstanding and and uh, you'd be hard-pressed you know, like in the, it's funny because you talk about that in the early 80s, early to mid 80s, 
a lot of those, let's call them fringe new wave bands, like pop new wave bands, they had some killer bass players. Like level 42, Mark King. Yeah. Come on. I mean, the guy was incredible. It was the thumbs of glory, you know, uh, just uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Jeffrey Odin said it's called New Wave. Yes. I'm, Do, I'm does Duran Duran completely qualify for that, though? For New Wave? Yes. No, I don't think so. I don't That's think so. That's why I call either. it like fringe New Wave. It's mm -hmm. like more pop than anything else. But Exactly. But there was a lot of synth and a lot that was drawn off those those New Wave bands. They just did it uh, with a little bit more of a hook. Right. You know, right. And so. I think that I think that's always what what's made a band like Duran Duran stand the test of time because you bring up level 42 like great band, but yeah. nobody's playing level 42 songs still, nope. but they are playing Duran Duran songs. And I think it's yeah. because the hooks are so good and the choruses are so good and the songwriting so good. Nick didn't have abracadabra on his 82 list. No, no, that will be talked about, though, in this show. Uh, will it? Oh, yeah. I'm sure it will. I know when we're going to talk about it, too. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, obviously I know when that's going to happen. Um, so <laughs> uh, since you took Number of the Beast, I have to look at what mine are. You know what? I'm going to go with something interesting here. Um, rap was up and coming, too. Mm -hmm. You know, Rap really started to form in the early 80s, and Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five in 1982 came out with the message. Yeah. And that was like the first sort of like rap tune, you know, like the first rap album was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. So you gotta you gotta pay a little tribute to that too. So I'm gonna throw that on the uh throw that on the old playlist as well. Um and the thing is that song had it was sampled so many times <laughs> thereafter yes. by other rap artists. It's like how could you deny that they were not formative for like the rap genre. They totally were. Yep. So so that was nineteen eighty two. All right, moving on to 1983. I'm going to go first because you're a dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the first one I have on my list, January 20th, the earliest release of the year. Again, you know, it's funny. You're going to see a lot of bands repeated on here. And th this is because it was out of time that bands came out with albums either every year or every other year, like clockwork. Pretty much and every year. Yeah, it's just boom, boom, boom. It just keeps coming out. Another one, another one, another one. So Def Leppard released Pyromania in January 20th, 1983. And again, a classic album. You could pick almost anything from that album and it'll be great. But I went with Photograph because... Me too. Photograph. I had the same exact <laughs> thing. So it, it's it's such a great album. It's undeniable. And the song still holds up. And when they play it live, they still kill it. So I give him a lot of credit for that. Great, great song. You're up. Okay, hang on. I'm changing my uh, pyromania out here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm going to take one because I know you have this as well. Police, synchronicity. I It was in my honorable mentions. I was going to give it to you because I knew that you were going to pick it. it. I mean, we've we. I feel like we talk about this record every other show. Yeah, it's so totally. great. So totally. great. It's hard if to not, pick. If, if not for the good songs, for the worst song ever written, <laughs> which is Mother. Other, other than that, the record is flawless, in my opinion. Other than Mother. Which other it, than Mother. Is Gall McCartney still blocked? Yeah, he is. Oh, no, no, no. I think he, I think he can. Uh, I think is he, he back? Because he hates that you rip on Mother. <laughs> Look, he just put, I think Mike's going to pick Mother. But um, you know what? We're talking about, we're talking about Goldfish, so... 
you know, Gall McCartney is, uh, you know, just not, you know, his taste is squarely in his mouth. And and if he thinks that Mother's a good song, well, I got a bridge that I can sell you in Brooklyn and I got a fist I could stick down your throat. Either way, it's going to have the same result. You're going to be upset. <laughs> well, it's it was hard to pick just one track because uh, the b- both uh, Synchronicity and Synchronicity Part 2 mm-hmm. are great. King of Pain is great, but I picked Wrapped Around Your Finger because I think great it's just... Track. I just think it's a perfect uh it's just a perfect police track. Yeah. I don't know um I don't know the actual way to describe it. Is it a ballad? Is it a is it a love song? Is it a stalker song? Is it a fuck it's, you I'm leaving song? Like I mean there's so many yeah. ways it could be taken, but I just think it's it's just such a such a fantastic song. Amazing lyrics from Sting on that and uh and the bass and drum interaction between yeah. Copeland and Sting just setting the mood on that. It's just it's just such a great song. And all the bell percussion and everything that's in there. It just really it really does set a mood. And then you know, the even the video, you know, was 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 good for that too. So um no, it's a, that's an incredible album. It's an incredible album. Yep. Um number two that I went with, July twenty fifth. I like that you're given all metal. the dates. I love that you're given all the dates. It's great because because uh, it does put it in context. Because you're like, okay, July 25th, it's hotter than fuck out. Yep. What came What came out? Metallica, Kill 'Em All. That was when that album was released, uh, and uh, I mean, there was other. There were other like '83 was a really great year for thrash because it was the same year that Show No Mercy came out. Like, yep. you know, there's a lot of great stuff that came out that year. Uh, but Kill 'Em All, I, I guess, would be the, sort of the crowning achievement of it all uh, because it was Metallica when Metallica was metal. Yep. Like when they were actually Metallica, when they had like the best parts of punk, and just you know. Yeah, as much as as much as I bag on Metallica, you can't bag on Kill 'Em All. It's no. it's it's flawless. And uh, and I went with the song Whiplash because why not go with one of the fastest songs on that album? It was either yeah. that or like like Motor Breath. It was one of the. Two. I love Motor Breath. Phantom Lords, <laughs> another good one. I'm not a big fan of Phantom Lord. I do really? like the the sort of synth bass intro to that, um, but I, it just sort of like it's it's a little cartoony for me. That's what I, I like about it. Uh, I'm not saying it's a bad song. It's just not one of my favorites on the album. Uh, but Whiplash is definite you know, home run. So Great pick. Up, Great pick. Okay, so since I changed out, what did I get rid of that you had already picked? Oh, Def Leppard. Yeah. I replaced it with SRV, Texas Flood. Nice. That was on my that was on my uh on my honorable mentions for sure. Okay. So yep. I don't know, it's it's like this record and couldn't stand the weather um, are both fantastic, yeah. but I think the song Texas Flood is like you were talking earlier about like definitive songs of being able to say like what are the police about what are what you know what are Metallica about you know like Texas Flood I think is a great representation of what Stevie Ray Vaughan is a tasteful guitar playing that laid laid back but in the at the same time in your face blues. Um, and just, I mean, it's just a lesson in how to how to destroy a strat in the best way possible. <laughs> you know, it's like so so good. And of course, Pride enjoys on that record, yes. and and you know, all That's of his. One everybody all, would know. Exactly, but uh, there's just something special about about the song "Texas Flood." So yeah. that's why I picked that. And Mary had a little lamb is on that album. Yep, too. yep. So, great choice. Uh, my third choice on November twenty first, 
before Thanksgiving, to make it for Black Friday, this album was released by Duran Duran. Possibly my favorite Duran Duran album. Seven and the Ragged Tiger. Yes. Now, everybody loves that album because, you know, the first thing you think of is Reflex. And Reflex is the Reflex is a great tune. I went with New Moon on Monday. Because uh, that... Great song. The chorus just has that... It just modulates up that half step as as it as that chorus gets introed, and that just something does it does something emotionally for me. It just connects. So for me, just going new moon on Monday. Just I love that song. I never got sick of that song. In fact, I remember back uh, when I was living in New York, Z100 was the station. That was like the station to listen to. Z100, and they had a morning zoo and all that stupid shit. But they would run contests like. If you call right now, you can win two tickets to see Duran Duran is when you let us know when the next new moon on Monday is. And people like ripping through their calendars like ah, it's uh, uh, October 22nd, October 22nd. <laughs> I miss I miss that part of radio so much where it was like they would come up with shit like that. Yeah, you can't do it anymore because of the Internet. Another yeah, thing, well, the Internet's that ruined. Nobody cares um, about radio. Well, people so, care about radio. I think you're being a dick. I think they care about satellite radio. Satellite radio is not that cool, to be honest, unless you're listening to Howard Stern. But Which I do. So. Well, me too. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're up. Okay, my last pick for 1983. Um, the band had put out a couple of records by this point, but I think this was the first time they became what we know them as, and that is the album War by U2 it's again it's it's on my another one that's on my honorable mentions. honorable mentions yeah yep. it's uh, i mean you have new year's day which is the track i i picked um which i think is maybe the best u2 song um and also sunday bloody sundays on it yep. it you know just uh, it's a game changer for you too you know that's when they start their rise to stardom the the two records before it boy and october are both great but they're i think they're still finding their way so like i said this is i think when u2 becomes u2 yep. and it's that stepping stone to unforgettable fire which of course then they just you know blow up huge so and then you know to joshua tree but uh yeah i picked new year's day i think war is a great record and i think it's a great marriage of stardom super stardom u2 and that's still like underground u2 from the first two records i gotta look up something sorry uh sorry about that no, no it's it look it's a it's a great choice it's a and i'm not even a really big u2 fan but you can't deny that album being like that sort of like formative thing for them it definitely cemented who they were uh for sure uh musically yes musically so uh now as far as a uh as far as uh honorable mentions uh we we talked about a bunch of them already we <laughs> we, we picked them um but again i mentioned slayer show no mercy uh iron maiden peace of mind right uh madonna's first album yep you know can't I've deny got that I've got uh, here was here are my three honorable mentions, which I'm are not all done, but okay. <laughs> oh, go ahead, go ahead, finish. Because I know that one of them you you probably have. Okay, and that's "Let's Dance" by David Bowie. Actually, it wasn't on my list. Wow, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, because I do love that record. I think I just skipped over it. I think I wow. forgot it was from 1983. To be honest, with you. <laughs> and the the last one that I had was "New Order: Power, Corruption, and Lies." Uh, because again, from, from the new wave aspect, that's like, that's another, 
another cornerstone. Here, now here, it's your turn. Here's my three. <laughs> Huey Lewis in the new sports. sports. <laughs> Out of step by Minor Threat. All right, those could not be two different albums. And then we're the icing on the cake for my for my honorable mentions for 1983. Melissa by Merciful Fate. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's a good one to put on there. <laughs> All right, moving on to 1984. Now, 1984, I have like 15 honorable mentions. Like, <laughs> this was a year that all the good albums came out. Yep. Like, all it's a good them. one. It's a really so, good one. I'm going to let you go first. <sighs> okay. Um, I guarantee we're going to pick each other's things. I just, I just, are we though? Because I, I kind of went, so. all right. Well, I know one of them you're not going to pick. <laughs> So I'll go uh, yeah, I know, first. I know one. Of, yeah, you're right, but it's on my honorable mentions list. I did <laughs> put right. it on the honorable mentions list. Okay, well, you got to pick it. The height of his superstardom, Springsteen, born in the USA. Nine singles off that fucking record. Nine out of eleven tracks are singles on that record. I mean, you have, of course, the title track. You have "I'm on Fire," "Downbound Train," "My Hometown," "Dancing in the Dark," "Glory Days." Uh, uh, so many songs that people associate with Bruce Springsteen are on that record. The track I chose from the album is "No Surrender." No surrender. No surrender. We learn no more from a. No surrender in my learn, car. We learn no more from a three-minute record than we ever learned in school. I have school. no idea how the song goes, but I'm gonna think it goes like that. You're, you're, you're not you're not far <laughs> boo springsteen you know what blows my mind is like i can't believe like bruce is as, like as huge as he is because i swear to god no matter where i go there's like the 90 percent of the people hate bruce it's one of those things where he's just you know you you like him or you don't never like yeah, bruce is okay i like that one song you, you don't hear that about bruce you know it just doesn't it's, he was never that guy, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah, Bobby Jean. Gall McCartney pointed out Bobby Jean. That is what I should have picked. But you didn't. You won't no, no leave surrender. It at, leave no, no surrender. Uh, thank you for leaving this one for me. On January 9th of 1984, an album called 1984 came out by a band called 1984 no wait uh the band is obviously van halen um and it really sucked for them because it was the number two album for so long because michael jackson's thriller which came out in 1983 was number one forever Yep. So they could never like, I love that when Sammy came in, was like, well, they never had a number one album with David Lee Roth. Like, well, they would have, if there wasn't Michael fucking Jackson, you know, <laughs> with the number one selling record of all time, of all time. <laughs> like, God damn it, Sammy. Let's, let's qualify that statement a little bit. Okay. Uh, but yeah, at 1984, again, it's one of those almost in fact, it is kind of a perfect. I can't think of a bad song off that. No. Album. Like every. But what song, did you pick? What is? What was? Oh, what's hot your for track? teacher. I, I, you know, I had a hard time picking a song, but it was either that or Panama. It was like. Uh... I think Panama is like the quintessential track, but I love "I'll Wait" and I love uh, uh, "Girl Gone Bad." Girl Gone Bad is awesome. Yeah. You know, Top Jimmy, Drop Dead, like like all yeah. of those songs are great. All of them are great. There is not one bad track on that album. It is a perfect album. I still like Fair Warning better. <laughs> yeah. 
I still like Fair Warning better because it's dirtier and just filthy. Yeah. And it just has a better vibe. But both albums, there is nothing wrong with either one of those albums. Yes. But it was really nice to see Van Halen bounce back after the shit show that was Diver Down. Yes, I so, agree. Yeah. All right, you're up. No, a nice final exclamation point on the DLR era. Yes. Okay. Um, I went with Twisted Sisters, Stay Hungry. Nice. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a fucking killer hard rock metal album. The production is weak, and uh, I think that that's always what's kind of killed Twisted Sister is is the bad production on their records. And they'll they'll be the first ones to admit it. But Stay Hungry is an awesome album. There's, uh, of course, their classic tunes of I Want to Rock, and we're not going to take it on there. Um, but there's great songs like uh, Captain Howdy and SMF, Burn um, in Hell. Burn in Hell. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, just great shit. Um, yeah. But I picked the title track, Stay Hungry. I think it's awesome. Which, if you have the original in the liner notes, it says, Dedicated to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nice. Stay hungry. <laughs> yes. You know, it's interesting that that album, you feel, is not... Uh, the production value isn't all that great. Because Mobile Fidelity did did their version of it, too. Yeah. And I haven't heard it. I haven't. Is it... Is it worth getting, though? Because, I mean, I agree with you that, to an extent, that the production value of that album is a bit weak. But it was also, you know, you're talking about early, mid-80s, you know, heavy metal. People didn't know how to mix a lot of that at the time. A lot of people recorded with too much distortion. You learn later you just yep. need less and just more the, tracks the, of it. But The problem with Stay Hungry, I think, is it's really dry. There's like, there's not a lot of, other than on the price, which I think, I think that's the best sounding song yes, on the record. It is. It is. Um, but like burning hell is like, that's a straight heavy duty yeah. metal track. And it's, it, the drum sound is not good, but what, what I found in the mobile fidelity version is that they boosted the bass, um, and they put the vocals are a little bit more out front, but again, you know, Mobile Fidelity is not remixing the record, so you're just getting, you know, it, it's just sonically better in some ways. But it, uh, that record needed like it doesn't need a remix; it needs a re-record, like but re-recorded like two weeks after they did the original <laughs> recording, not re-recorded in 2004, which they did. Pardon me one second. Drop it now. Drop the hat. You can't have. You can have this hat. <laughs> take this hat alright so he has a hat that he can eat but he's now eating my Jane's Addiction hat which I don't want him to do <laughs> uh, and he's not now come here buddy come here I love you you're a good boy that's right okay uh, June 25th 1984 one of the greatest albums ever recorded period uh, was released again Prince the album is Purple Rain yep can't talk about 1984 without talking about Purple Rain. Nope. Um, and again, it's every song on that album is perfect. Yep. There's no there's no bad songs on that album. The movie was OK. Um, it was OK. But the, the album is Prince, amazing. God damn it. <laughs> I just keep thinking like every time that happens, I just go, Bobby, god damn it. I just keep thinking like <laughs> Like was that the inspiration for like King of the Hill? Like Bobby. You know what else god always happens too in that movie is this. Where you only see half <laughs> yeah. a prince's face, like where he's looking around the corner. Mm. 
because that's you know what you need to do. <laughs> you have to purify yourself in Lake Minnetonka. Yes. <laughs> that's not Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> Uh, and I, of course, went with like the dirtiest track on the album, Darling Nikki. So <laughs> great stuff. Yeah. I'm, but he, again, you could have picked anything and it would have been cool. But Darling Excuse Nikki me. is just Darling Nikki is just dirty. It is just my dirty Prince uh, Purple Rain was in my honorable mentions. And my track was Take Me With You. Great track. Yes. Again, super poppy, even by Prince's standards. Yep. Yeah. All right, your turn. Okay. So I went with I went with this album simply for this track because I always tell people I think it's one of the most perfectly written pop rock songs ever. Brian Adams' Reckless wow. Summer of 69. I got my first real six string. Yeah, you sound just like him, only you're not Canadian. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. This sub, I just think that song's fucking great. I probably heard it a hundred thousand times in my life, and I still think it's great. So, no, it, look, it's a great tune. It's a great example of you know, a b you know, chorus, yeah. bridge, chorus out. The for, yeah, the format is is yeah. pretty generic, but like every part is. It's just it's just perfect. Like the bridge is is fucking great. The yeah. the ride out is perfect. Like yeah. I don't know. I just I think it's such a, a well written song. And it the is. production is very nineteen eighties. It's very big and the drums have a unique sound to them. There's yeah. a lot of reverb on the drums. Oh yeah. And the kick the <laughs> kickback on the drums. Which it it's funny when you think about like what I was just saying about Twisted Sister, like that these records came out within a few months of each other. Yep. And you could tell who got the big budget and who didn't. Because the Brian <laughs> the Brian Adams record, you could that record probably yeah. cost like two hundred grand to make and the Twisted Sister record probably cost like twenty grand to make. Well, probably so, like three hundred bucks and a ham sandwich. <laughs> exactly. So, so, get us a pizza yes but i i just i i think it's a, a great representation of that time period wow it's a great great song great album you know yes um march 18th of, of 1984 was here's one you day. might now here's one you might remember <laughs> coming out march 18th 1984 uh and it's something that i'm surprised that we didn't bring up this band during the power pop episode though we i think we did a little bit um wait did we the cars yes Heart we didn't bring it we did not bring up the cars on the power pop episode but Talked we should have elliot easton yes um but not the cars per se so uh yeah heartbeat city came out and again there's like six hits on that album. yeah uh but i went with uh probably the most upbeat and poppiest of them all which is you might think yep love it yeah uh, and the video was actually one of the first videos to actually incorporate like digital digital animation in it. So, yeah, is that when like Rick Ocasek is the fly? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I used and then, to. Like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say there was the the what, one of my favorites is like when you know he, there's a car coming like driving up the bed underneath the covers and it's like the way I run you down. And he like runs over and then she's just like flat. <laughs> that's yeah, terrible <laughs> it's so terrible in but, today's it, it by today's standards but back then it was just like ah oh, look at that digital treatment oh my lord it's like it's real gall mccartney and i were just talking about you might think because i said to him like 
I used to hate that song when I was younger, like because I love the first <laughs> the first Cars record and Candy O's great too. Yeah, but I was like, what is this shit? Like I didn't like it. And then uh, I don't know, maybe two or three years ago, I heard it and I was like, this song's fucking great. What was I it thinking? It is. It's is a great power pop song. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you awesome. Know, you can't deny the way that they wrote hooks and choruses. Uh, you know, uh, and it was well produced too. Yes. All right, you're up. Uh, I did. Didn't I do all my songs? I did all my songs, but or my three? albums. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I did. Then... Uh, Twisted Sisters, Springsteen, and Brian Adams. But oh, let yeah, me just go, touch yeah. on uh, my one of my honorable mentions that are, is being talked about in the comments here. Don Henley building the perfect beast just because of Boys of Summer. And all she wants to do is dance. Is on. The I record. hate all she wants to do is dance. The Dirty Laundry was on the album before that, right? I think that's on. I can't stand still. Or I can't sit still, or whatever it's called. I can't stand Don Henley. So, <laughs> yeah, but There's... but but uh, Boys of Summer. That's mostly Mike Campbell, except for the fantastic lyrics, which is Don Henley. Well, go Mike Campbell and the Dirty Knob. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Mark Carney just said all she wants to do is dance. Is just awesome. I don't. I don't think so. Sorry, Mark. I gotta disagree. That song is not good. <laughs> That song right. is not good. Moving I love on. Oh, wait. Pat, Pat Middlestat is blowing my mind because all he's talking about in the comments is like Saxon and what did he, he said? <laughs> Some about Twisted Sister, Love at First Sting. The other day well, when Pat love came first in, thing is in, Love at First Sting is, is, is in my honorable mentions. Well, when so. Pat came in the other day, though, he, he had been golfing all day. And you don't usually <laughs> picture anybody that's golfing cranking up fucking Saxon. But. I yeah, but, and yeah, I but you're you're like not a real golfer, Mike. You just golf because people you know golf. No, I golfed a lot. I don't it know. It used to be a thing I would do like by myself. I'm really good at golden tea, so there's that. Well, okay, good. So honorable mentions from 1984. Again, I mentioned that there were a lot of great albums that came out this year, and we could have talked about all of them. Iron Maiden, Power Slave. Fucking great. Right? Run DMC, their first album. Uh, Talking Head, Stop Making Sense, a great live album. Uh, Rush, Grace Under Pressure, eh, not so eh, much good. But, no, thank you. Uh, but Merciful Fate, Don't Break the Oath. Yes, that was on my list. Uh, Anthrax, Fistful of Metal. Yep. Uh, Scorpions, Love It First Thing. Rat, Out of the Cellar. Out of the Cellar was one of my other ones. And Steve Vai, Flexible, his first solo album. There you go. So that's pretty cool. All right, moving on. 1985. Do I go first? Yes, I went first last time. Okay. Um, I didn't go with like, so 1985 was a tough one. It was not a banner year for music in my mind. And looking at the releases from that year, um, there were some really good ones, uh, which we're going to talk about, but, um, I was a little strained trying to find something that I really could wrap my arms around from that year. You know, there are a couple of things that are in my you know, honorable mentions like Dire Straits, you know, Brother in Arms. You know, that's I bought that album because of, uh, you know, the the whatever money for nothing in the video. Um, but that's not on my top three. Um, it, it was tough finding something that I really embraced from that year. But October 18th, however, <laughs> uh, the cult came out with love and you have to talk about she she sell sanctuary i mean that's yes. just that that really was um and rain and rain for that matter but that but she sell sanctuary specifically from like the radio aspect of it that got the play that got them popular that started building up the cult 
to where they are now, which a new album just dropped for them. So last week, um, yep, yep, congratulations, and for and for so people that are fans of the love era of the cult, yep. that record is right up your alley. Yep. So. And uh, I know he's not watching, but hi, John Tempest, a good friend of mine who's actually <laughs> drumming for the cult. So Yes. Uh, so, yeah, so that's my first pick. Okay. My first pick for 1985, Exodus, Bonded by Blood. And that was on my honorable mentions, yep. Um, I think, I mean, I don't think there's any song that's more associated with Exodus than Bonded by Blood. And the album artwork is fucking awesome. Yeah. And I think what's great about that Exodus record is is it's like building on the Slayer Metallica thing. But the, I don't know, there's something there's something special about the attitude on Bonded by Blood from Paul Bailoff and of course, you know, just classic riffs from Gary Holt. You got Piranha on there and then there were none. Um, but the song Bonded by Blood, I think, is a defining track for Exodus, and it's one of those banner thrash metal songs. So Bonded by Blood, Exodus. There you go. Um, February 25th was a very good day for fans that really enjoyed the band Tears for Fears. And songs from the Damn Big it, Chair. Damn it, you took one of my song, my albums. Sorry. But yeah, Songs from the Big Chair came out then, and I, I went with everyone. Everybody Wants to Rule the World. I mean, you know, that was my first introduction to that. A lot of people's first introduction to that band, uh, even beyond Shout you know yes um which is a great tune but everybody wants to rule the world just has like a really great pop sensibility in the way that they you know like as they're ending the song they come back to it again to say that you like i love that you know yes going into the outro it's 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 a really cool way to kind of you know call back a portion of the song again like we don't want to finish the song just yet we really <laughs> like it we want to keep it going a little bit more um so yeah i really dig that tune and and they're still kicking around today their last that that record that came out last year is awesome. Tipping point, I think it's called. Uh, I had songs from the big chair on my list as well, and my track pick was uh, "Head Over Heels." Another great tune, which I love. Yep. Okay, my next pick. We're coming around. We're going to repeat another artist, Prince, "Around the World in the Day." Song "Raspberry Beret." Nice. I I don't know if I would have picked that album per se but that song is great i love the album because it's like it's come especially coming off purple rain it's such like a psychedelic yeah vibe happening on it like the song paisley park and mm -hmm. uh i think pop life is on there as well pop life, pop life is on there yeah so it's, it's just uh, what's um what's that other one neurotic city is that on there too no no erotic city's on uh that's on like dirty mind neurotic city i thought um, i'm sorry i thought it was i thought it was on that one i think it is now you got me now you got me thinking maybe i'm wrong i thought that was on like an earlier prince record to be honest with you uh, maybe it was i don't know i thought i thought it may have been, i thought it was about that time but then again that might have been just when i discovered that song was yeah yeah time, so but I just I think Raspberry Beret is Prince's best. You you brought up Little Red Corvette, but I think Raspberry Beret is in that same like line of like mainstream Prince, and that I think Raspberry Beret has Little Red Corvette just by like a little bit. Let's see. So Erotic City was. I'm looking it up right now. It actually was the B side of I Would Die for You wow so purple rain area 
It was initially was released as a B-side to 1984 single Let's Go Crazy and the 12-inch version of the 1986 single Girls and Boys. Let's see. The artwork single was uh, uh, Oh no, I'm sorry. The artwork was used um was the same same image of Prince that was on the I Would Die for You single. But yeah, it was the B-side of Let's Go Crazy. Interesting. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't you know learn something every day. Exactly. So let's go back to 1984. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Now, my third one, I guarantee you didn't pick. Okay. There's no way that this is. And again, I had a hard time. <laughs> yeah, this picking. is a hard year. It was a it was a weird year. But Carnivore made their debut. Yes. So with their debut album, Carnivore, and, uh, you know, miss you, Peter. Um World Wars three and four. That song is just great. I mean, you want to talk about like a great crossover record and crossover was like that whole hardcore punk metal thing. Like it just literally, that was the big days of CBGBs, New York hardcore, a lot of crossover is what they would call it. This fusion of, of metal and hardcore. And they were like the epitome of it. And when you have a guy that's like six foot eight screaming at you through a microphone while playing bass, um, yeah, you tend to listen. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, Carnivore's first album, World Wars 3 and 4 is the song. Love it. Okay, replacing Tears for Fears for me, except Metal Heart. Metal Heart. And uh, the track I picked is Up to the Limit. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love I love except that I love that metal heart record. That's another one that really suffers from production. It's like just soaked in reverb and delay and makes it a little bit of a bummer to listen to. But the title track's great. Midnight Movers on there, which is like totally trying to get some radio airplay. But uh I love Up to the Limit. It's got all the great except backup vocals. Nobody does backup vocals better than except. Sounds like 85 people recorded vocals. Yeah, it's like gang vocals <laughs> beyond belief. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. And, and all of them, including Udo on his solo stuff, has just <laughs> carried that all the way till this day. You just, I sent you that version of him doing Nutbush City. Yeah. It just, and, and he's got like 80 people on that going, Nutbush City Limits. It's just weird. It's just so weird. I do have to hear him doing my way like that. I oh my hear. god! No, you don't. Trust I me. do. I need to hear that. Uh, I've lived a life of ease. <laughs> I love like in that nut bush that I sent you was like I love his like his broken English accent and the things that he's saying. Like when he goes, "You go to store on Friday." <laughs> like to store not the store no you go to store on friday yeah right so good I, you got to listen to it like closed caption like <laughs> that makes it better um as far as other honorable mentions from this year well faith no more came out with we care a lot oh wow god i can't believe that was in 85 yep that was with uh with chuck mosley on vocals uh run dmc king of rock i easily could have picked that you know and put that in my in my deal uh, Megadeth, Killing is My Business and Business is Good. Uh, dire Straits, Brothers and Brothers in Arms, I mentioned that. But also, for the, you Stranger Things fans, Kate Bush, Hounds of Love, which features Run Up That Hill, which I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand why that song is like so super popular now. Everyone loves it. I guess, except me. 
<laughs> You're not into it. <laughs> no, I'm not. Except right. me. Yeah. All right. 1986. This was uh, 1986 was a good year for metal, for sure, but also for rap and yes. a lot of other things. Uh, you go first. Okay, got to pick this record because it's one of my favorites of all time. I always spotlight it. I always talk about it. XTC Skylarking. Nice. Front front to back, fantastic. Out of this world, great. If you haven't heard it, you don't know what you're missing. And I only discovered this record like a year and a half ago. I can't believe it took you that long to discover. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's up there with all whatever you think is the greatest record. It's up there with it. Um, I don't know about that. I think so. You can. <laughs> well, I th- I would put it up there with like. Like, I don't know, like the Sergeant Pepper and Pet Sounds and all those records. Uh, no. Are you yes. kidding me? It's a yes. great album, but it's not Pet Sounds level. Yeah, it is. Oh my God. Really? Do you have do you have the uh remastered uh two hundred grand? It doesn't matter. Vinyl? It doesn't I could have the remastered handed to me by Jenna Jameson. It doesn't matter. It's not on the same what level a dated as dated reference that is. Yeah, well look at all how old I am. Uh but I, like it doesn't matter. It does it remastered, remixed, redone, reformatted, rewritten, re nothing. It doesn't matter. It's a great album. I love the remix and remaster by Steven Wilson. It's great. Okay, but it is not Pet Sounds and Sergeant Pepper great. Yes, it is. It is, is that not. the album with Mayor Simpleton? No, that's on. Uh, that is on. Uh, oh, Strings and orange, No, oranges and lemons. Oh, it's the other and other thing. Yeah. When's the <laughs> last yeah. time she was in anything? I think it was uh, Blink One Eighty Two. What's my age again? Video. No, that was that was the other one. That was Janine Lindemuller. Ah, uh, well, there you go. Anyways, Skylarking is fucking great, and I picked ballet for a rainy day. There you go. But it's still not as good as Pet Sounds or Sergeant Pepper. I'm sorry. It's just not. I disagree with you. It's good. It's great. It's not that level. You're not going to convince me otherwise, and I'm not going to convince you, so just drop it. No. No. What are you going to pick? Power Windows or some garbage like that? No, it's not even on my... (laughs) Power Windows by Rush is not on here. It came out in 86, I believe. It was uh, 85 it was, or 86. I can't I think it was remember. 86. It was 86. Um, but, yeah, it's not even on here. Like, Power Windows is nowhere near here. Same thing with Hold Your Fire. It's nowhere near here. So, Which one has time stand still? Hold Your Fire. I love that song. No, go away. Uh, actually, I don't mind time stand still. When maybe Power Windows was I don't know. Uh, they were coming out. Everybody was coming out with a lot of albums at that point. But... Uh, for me, I don't know what day it came out, but in 1986, it definitely came out. David Lee Roth struck out on his own. Damn it. You took one of mine and came out with eat and smile, introducing the world at large to Billy Sheehan and Steve Vai and Greg Bissonette for that matter. Um, one of the best backup bands ever assembled ever. Yes. Every single one of those guys are masters at what they do. And Greg Bissonette, you know, like he's he doesn't come up in the circles of like best drummer ever, which is fine. But the dude was on versatile, did everything great, used to play with orchestras. He was yes. the guy who was able to like set up like all the all the horn sections and everything. You know, Vi wrote all that stuff, but Greg Bissonette arranged it. So, you know, I gotta give him a lot of credit. And of course Billy Sheen's Billy Sheen. So that and that record is just outstanding. Again, not 
one song on there is bad. You can listen. Drop the needle. You listen to the whole thing. Yep. So what what song did you pick though? I picked Going Crazy. Really? Yeah. Yep. My because my I, pick I was Shy Boy. Breath. Shy Boy's not his song though. That's why I wouldn't go with that. That's actually a Talis song, and Talis was Billy Sheehan's band before he joined David Lee Roth. So I, I Shy Boy's great, but it's not his song. So I still that was my I still that was my hesitance. It. You could still, still pick, pick it. it. But by the way, XTC Skylarking is not on the level of Pet Sounds, Sergeant Pepper. What about Grass? What about it? The song Grass on Skylarking. I don't remember. No, I don't think you've listened to it enough to make a good opinion. Uh, no, I made an opinion. It's not as good as Sergeant Pepper. It's just not. I, you know what? To be honest with you, and you know what a giant Beatles fan I am. I don't I don't think Sgt. Pepper is even their best album, let alone the best album of all time. It's not, but at the same time, XTC's Skylarking is still not that good. Uh, it's not up to that level. It's better most of the songs on Skylarking are better than Good Morning and Within Without You. You pick two of the weirdest songs on the album? Okay. Okay, it's they're they're up there with like uh, Mr. Kite, which is fucking great. For the benefit of Mr. Kite is amazing, it, but it I don't is. know if I don't know if Dear God is up to the level of any of those songs. Really, you don't think lyrically it's a, it stands up to with lyrically, a little help from amazing, my friends? It's, it's an atheist anthem, which kind of like you know I'm okay with it, but a lot of people aren't. So, moving on, it's your turn. Okay. My next pick. We got a Run few years to get through here. Run DMC, Raisin Hell. Nice. It was in my honorable mentions. So Peter which one Piper. Did you go with though. Peter, Peter Piper. Piper, nice. The opening track. Yep. Got to get some nursery rhymes out of the way. Yes, great shit. Awesome, cool. Good choice. Well, to counteract that, I'm going with a rap album released on November 15th. Uh, the Beastie Boys, License to Ill. But I went with probably the least rap song on the album, and that's No Sleep Till Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's hardly a rap song. And that's you know partially because Kerry King played the guitar solo that's on it. So didn't he? Did he play all the solos on that record? I don't think so. Because that's him so. on Fight Rick for Your Rubin, Right too. I think Rick Rubin actually just used his rig. <laughs> oh, okay. And and played a lot of that, but yeah, he he played the solo on on No Sleep Till Brooklyn and Fight so, for Your Right. I don't know if he did that one. That's him. Listen to it. There, you can. There's no doubting that's Kerry King. Stylistically, yeah, but I don't. I don't think it's him. Somebody looked that up. Goldfish, looked that up. I looked it up. I looked it up. It's not Carrie King. I looked it up. It is Carrie King. It's not Carrie King. It's somebody who looks like Carrie King. It says right here, it's Carrie King. Look. And he would do this with his phone. Look. Look, it is. look right here. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, he I I think it's just no sleep till Brooklyn. I don't know. It's maybe him. He played, Look, maybe he played the Look, solo, he but he didn't play him. the guitar. Gall McCartney. It's him. He didn't play. He didn't play the the whole thing though. He didn't play the rhythm parts. He didn't. Well, I'm just referring him. to the solo. I thought you were talking about the solo in No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Well, yeah, he was in the solo in No Sleep. Maybe he played it in that one too. I mean, I haven't had that conversation with him. So, not like everybody. In case no you didn't know, Brooklyn Mike really knows Carrie King. That was what he was just uh, hinting at. Not hinting at anything. I'm not going there. So uh, <laughs> I haven't spoken to him in a long time. Um, 
Anyway, moving on. Your turn. Okay. Speaking of Carrie King, Rain and Blood by Slayer. Maybe maybe Slayer's best record. I don't know. They've they've got like five killer records, but Rain and Blood is like a genre defining album. And I picked Angel of Death because what else can you pick? Because you can also pick postmortem in the raining blood. Yeah, you could pick that too. <laughs> Either the opening of the album or the ending or the, of the, or the album. Closing of the album, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can also go with something like uh, necrophobic, but uh, which is like a minute and ten seconds. That's my favorite thing always is that like all like you because Master of Puppets came out this year too, which I'm sure you're gonna pick. But like all like those records are really involved, and Slayer got it done in like 28 minutes. Yeah, that's that's my favorite thing about Rain and Blood is it's just brutal from the from the moment you put the needle down till it ends, they just kill it. It was funny when they were playing the when they were doing the raining, you know, uh, still raining tour, and they would play the whole album start to finish. It's like they play the whole album and still have like forty five minutes left <laughs> to play more songs. <laughs> still play all the all the other Slayer classics. Exactly. Well, I, I had that on there, and yeah, I mean, I do have Master of Puppets as my you know one of my uh, honorable mentions. So I'll just throw that on there. Metallica, Master of Puppets, uh, Orion. I know is one of your favorite songs. So, oh no, did I get that oh, wrong? Oh, Orion is a good example of showing people why I hate Metallica. Uh, but uh, from that album, I would definitely pick Damage Incorporated. Love it. Yeah, I love Damage Incorporated. Absolutely would pick Damage Incorporated any day of the week and twice on Sunday. And in fact, my favorite two songs are the bookends of, of that album, much like Rain and Blood. So, you know, you have Battery, Damage Incorporated, like the two fastest songs yes. on that album by far. Uh, so, Pretty much the it, last time they throw down as a full thrash metal outfit, unless you count Dyer's Eve. Yeah, but that was all cut up. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. Damage Inc. is like the ending of that point in Metallica. And then, of course, Cliff went and died. So Well, Blackened. <laughs> blackened. like the, It's like the, a weak version of Battery, I feel like. Yeah, but I mean, it was still thrashy until you get to the... Yeah, to the as far as did you do all yours? Yeah, I did all mine. Okay, so as far as honorable mentions, I have Talking Heads, True Stories. Now I know it's not like their finest hour, but for me that was a big album because Wild Wildlife was on there and and a couple other really good tunes, and they actually made a movie out of it. Um. I had Raising Hell on there. Somewhere in Time by Iron Maiden. Yep. Uh, and then <laughs> I just put this on here, not because I like the album, but because it has probably the stupidest, longest title of 1986, Candle Bass. Their album, Epicus Dumicus Metallicus. <laughs> stupidest. <laughs> what about I had uh, Eye Against Eye by Bad Brains? I had, hang on, I just lost my way. I put The Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby just so uh, Gall McCartney would get pumped. And then uh, my final serious choice uh, for honorable mentions, Night Songs by Cinderella. Well, Jeff Oden has a great, great Depeche pick Mode, here. Yeah, yeah. Black Celebration by Depeche Mode, absolutely, 100%. And the fact that I don't have that on my list, I'm kind of ashamed, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, so we will 
put a song from that album on the playlist for sure because it definitely needs to be there. Call McCartney. You know what else came out that year? Back in the High Life, Steve Winwood. That's another one of his favorite albums. Didn't you put that in your video, Mike? Your mystery box on. I thought it was Back in the High Life. No, no, I didn't do that one. Um, All right, moving on to 1987. We've got two more years to get through, and then we have, uh, or three more years to get get through, and then we have uh, Discovered, and this song sucks. Okay. Uh, Who goes first this time? I think me. Okay, you go. Okay, one of my favorite albums of all time, The Cult Electric. Great record. I have that down as well, yeah. You could pick any tune off the album except the terrible cover of Born to be Wild, which I still don't know why that was even on there. Somebody used to ask, if I ever got a chance to meet Rick Rubin, I wouldn't ask him about Slayer. I wouldn't ask him about Danzig. I wouldn't ask him about Johnny Cash. I'd ask him why the fuck he he insisted that the cult do Born to be Wild. It's so awful. Why did that happen? But the other 10 tracks on the album are blistering great. You got Outlaw, you got Peace Frog, Wildflower, um, Little Devil, um, King Contrary, uh, just great shit, Electric Ocean. But you have to pick Love Removal Machine as as the song for the playlist. It is a great tune. And yeah, it deserves to be on that playlist for sure. Yes. Um... Excuse this me for a com- second. I'm going to grab another beer. Hang on. Okay. Well, you do that. While he's, uh, you better hurry. Because um, I'm just going to go through and talk about how much of a dick Nick is. It's fun. Uh, MB Dolan, you should be Mike. I, sh- I am Mike. I don't know why I should be Mike, but I am Mike. So I was told I should, be, you should be Mike, but I am Mike. So how very meta. All right. Uh, 1987, May 25th, a banner day for new wave fans everywhere. (laughs) I love that everything's a banner day. (laughs) Uh, the band, the cure. Oh, God damn it. I can't believe you took this from me. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Yes. Not the band, band, band. Kiss, (laughs) kiss, kiss is the name of the album by the cure has nothing to do with kiss. Uh, notice we haven't talked about kiss once. That's because all those Not albums yet. suck. Not yet. We haven't. <laughs> Not We're yet. getting there. We're getting uh, there. What? Smashes, thrashes, and hits? No, no <laughs> sir. Um, but, uh, of course, if you're going to talk about that, it's hard to pick just one song, but I went with Just Like Heaven. Yep. Um, because that's, you know, the song that you hear in every teenage movie <laughs> from that era. And, uh, you know, like a couple walking down the street. And then, uh, there you go. Just Like Heaven is playing. So uh, your turn. Okay, going back to metal, I think this is the best record this band ever did. I think it's one of the best thrash records ever. Anthrax, Among the Living. Again. NFL, Evil Nicky Fessin. and NFL. <laughs> so much just said. Yeah, I love, I love it. I th- it the, the first, like, I mean, the whole record's great, but the first six tracks, five tracks, I mean, you got, you got Among the Living, Caught in a Mosh, NFL, I am the law, and then I think skeletons in the closet, and then Indians. Yeah, I mean, it, what 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 else can be said? I mean, just the first three alone are are awesome. Um, but I picked I am the law because 
I just, uh, when you see Anthrax live and they do I'm the Law, it's one of the best moments of the night. So, But like I said, you could pick the title track, you could pick Cotton Amash, you could pick NFL, you could pick Indians, Skeletons in the Closet. It's all great. Are you a big fan of Judge Dredd? Yes. Well, that's why you probably picked I Am The Law. (laughs) (laughs) I am the law. Uh, This one was an easy one to pick. I know what you're going to pick. What is it? Hysteria. Yes. (laughs) August 3rd. A banner day. (laughs) A banner day for Def Leppard fans. For Def Leppard fans everywhere. Yes, they came out with one of the most perfect albums ever, and that's Hysteria. And again, this is one of those albums that, let's see, I actually have to, I haven't counted uh, how many singles. uh, I think it's seven. It was either six or seven. Sounds right. So let's see. It was the entire, almost the entire first. In fact, it was the entire first side of the album. Women, Rocket, Animal, Love Bites, Pour Some Sugar on Me, and Armageddon It. And then on the other I side. I hate Armageddon It. And then Hysteria on side two. Don't You Shotgun wasn't a single, but that would have been a single if it was on any album they made not named Hysteria. What about Women? <laughs> Did you mention Women? Yeah, that was the first song on the okay, album. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I think it was that seven seven singles and another couple that could have been singles yep. if they were on any other Def Leppard album not named Hysteria, you know. And they actually, it's funny because they went, that was their goal, to, was to write like their version of Thriller, like essentially. So that was the goal. And it goal took, accomplished. Yeah, really, 100%. <laughs> and then they toured forever on it with a one-armed drummer and uh, not like, you know, th- but that's okay. And uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, that is worth mentioning, right? It it's is. like they're coming off Pyromania, which Rick Allen yeah. still had both of his arms and they, which was a massive record. And then yeah. they're dealt that hand where, you know, their drummer loses his fucking arm and he has to relearn how to play the drums yeah. and you have to live up to Pyromania. And not only do they do that, but they, they soar with it. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't, it's definitely more poppy mainstream Def Leppard 100%. than Pyromania. It is but, gummy. Yes, but they're still great great songs they're still super well written except armageddon it because i hate come on steve get it i fucking hate when he says that and then steve doesn't get it (laughs) well he got it he took it fucking awful your turn all right mike this was the only way i could squeeze these guys onto the list had to happen I don't even know if I really like this that much, but I had to do it just to irritate you. Grateful Dead in the dark featuring the only Grateful Dead hit single ever. Touch, Touch of, of gray. gray. Yep. I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> I'll accept that because I actually have the single. There you go. I don't even vinyl. have that. I don't even have that. I have it on gray vinyl in the, in the poster cover. Yep. I have it. My dad worked at, um, WRIF, which is like the number one rock station here at the time when when Touch of Grey came out. And he he still tells me that he's like, I remember the program director running around going, oh, my God, we can play the dead. <laughs> and he goes to the he's like, I remember putting it on and going, this sucks. <laughs> uh, speaking of suck, this this statement sucks. So he's going to go in a timeout. No, you can't uh, <laughs> block Pat. God damn I, it. For, Block for five minutes. That's that song isn't that good. Wait, I can't undo it. I, w- 
I really wanted to take it back, but I oh can't my undo God. it. Oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. You're uh, going to cost me one of my best customers. Thank you very much. I'm sorry, Patrick. Really appreciate that. Fun. I mean, like, Gall McCartney truly deserved it. He did. He, yeah, he definitely deserved it. You did not. So when you come back in four minutes and 30 seconds, I am so sorry. I just, Wait, so I is he was... like he's not able to see the show or he's just not able to comment? He's not able to comment. Okay. Yeah, he's he's putting a timeout. Don't so... do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I please i didn't know that i couldn't undo it next you're gonna tell me that your pick is uh diesel and dust by midnight oil it is no it's not it better yeah, not be it, it, it's not <laughs> it's not it would never be the time has come to shave our heads uh <laughs> How about how Weezer just lifted that completely for hash pipe and nobody's ever called them out for it? Because it was a better version. <laughs> um, Sidebar, see. Mike, you know who loved and always defended um, uh, Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil? Greg. Well, there's reasons. So uh, March 9th. March 9th. Could it go all the way back to all March the way back 9th. to March and I was taking you all the way back to March 9th, 1987. This album put out by four Irish cats called U2. Um yeah, I you can't not mention the Joshua Tree. You know, I mean just one of the biggest albums of all time, one of the best albums of all time. Again, you could just throw a dart at the track listing and you'll and you'll hit a single. Yep. Um but I went with where the streets have no name, which in my mind is, I think personally, you I think it's their best song, but that's my favorite U2 song. So mm -hmm. I don't know if I, I don't know if saying, I think it's the best, it's the best to me. Um, I just really like the way that that whole song flows three minutes left for Patrick. I believe, um, <laughs> I feel terrible, <laughs> but yeah, Joshua tree, U2, where the streets have no name great one i saw you two uh, gall mccartney and myself saw you two play that record in its entirety at ford field here and it was uh pretty amazing nice, nice. and uh i i always tell everybody that was the greatest one two three punch i've ever seen at a live show because they didn't open with the joshua tree they came out the it's the show started and they started in the middle of the stadium like they came up out of the floor, I think, and they played um, Sunday, Bloody Sunday, into New Year's Day, into Pride in the Name of Love. And I was like, well, you want to talk about having some hits? I guess yeah, really. uh, I guess that'll get people going. That's the, yeah. that's a good way to get 60,000 going, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right. Time for your third. I'm done. I did oh, all mine. Done. Okay. Yeah, I did the oh, call. Did this the, one. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, as far as uh, honorable mentions, Michael Jackson's Bad came out in 1987. Uh, neither of us mentioned Appetite for Destruction, but it I'm came out in it. 1987. I'm um, over it. I love Rocket Queen, but that's about it. White Snake's self-titled album with Still of the Night, um, and uh, here I go again. Uh, and for me, on a personal note, Voivod, Killing Technology, came out in 1987. So that's a killer album. All right, moving wanna, on to 19... Wait, oh, wait, I want to add Scream Bloody Gore by Death, the debut album by oh, Death. Oh, cool. R.I.P. Chuck. Yes. Um, 
moving on to 1988. Did you know that May 3rd was a... Was, a was, it a, was it a banner year by chance? Or a it banner was a banner day? day for those that like concept albums. Oh, I know what you're picking. Shut up, Roger. Just because he doesn't like Queensryche doesn't mean I'm not going to talk about it. So, yeah, Queensryche, Operation Mindcrime. Um, you know, again, one of the most popular metal albums of all time. Prog, it's kind of like prog metal-ish sort of thing. I don't know how to describe it, but it is one of the best concept albums ever recorded. Uh, to this day, people debate on who killed Mary, you know, and all these other things. Um, and most every song on that album is great. The way it flows from one track to another with all like the um, interstitials between the songs, um, those, you know, those sort of like, you know, cinematic things that they do. Uh, and then seeing it, seeing them perform it live uh, when they when they had suicidal tendencies open back in 1991. What a bill. Yeah. That was a strange bill, yes. to say the very least. But uh, that was really cool. So I went with Eyes of a Stranger from that album. So. so I originally had that on my list, and I removed it to put this album in its place, which I actually, until I was doing this, you know, doing research for this episode, I didn't realize this came out in 88. I thought it was 1990, to be honest with you. Jane's Addiction, nothing shocking. Yep. yep. And it's what just a- been re-released, so... What a record. I, um, yeah. Shout out to uh, the late, great Johnny Johnson for turning me on to Jane's Addiction. Yep. Um, what a Yeah, I mean, what a record. I think Ritual is better, but um, Nothing Shocking is fantastic. Really doing something out of the box at that time. I mean, really, you know, the alternative vibe, but also the funky rock thing sort of that like yep. the, the Chili Peppers would come to be known for. I feel like Jane's Addiction was doing it prior um where it was interweaving that alternative thing in it uh the track i picked is mountain song yeah i I, if you didn't pick that one i was gonna slap you like you know (laughs) that 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 song is is anthemic it's angry it's filled with attitude but it's it's steady which is the cool thing about it it's not super fast it doesn't ebb and flow with it with the tempo it's just and it just Yes. Hit you every way to Sunday. So yes, it, yeah. it's it's great, and uh, Jane's is so great at that like trancey thing, and they get that rhythmic thing happening, and I think it really shows on Nothing Shocking because yeah. um, Ritual's more of like a um, experimental record, yeah. and I feel like Nothing Shocking is more like the straightforward rock thing. With Ted, just admit it is great, and uh, what is it? Standing in the shower, thinking like, oh, that record is just—it's just fucking great. Even you know? Jane says, "Yeah, you know, yeah, like just all, all of it is just really good." Um, it really—it seriously, uh, we we joke and shit a lot on here. It really blew my mind that that record came out in '88 because I would have assumed it was later on, and they were taking a lot more influences from other stuff that had happened. So, no, it's it's the complete opposite. They influenced everything. Yeah, after. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, September twenty eighth. It was a banner was, day. No, it wasn't. It was just a good day. I think it was a Thursday. I don't I don't actually I don't know. Um Ozzy Osbourne, no rest for the wicked. Now the reason why I picked this is mainly because of Zach Wilde. Because mm-hmm. this is where you, the world learned of Zach Wilde and his massive vibrato. Uh one of the best guitar players on the planet. Just the you know, king Ozzy of pinch been, harmonics. Yes. But Ozzy has always had a record as a track record of, of, you know, him and Dio both 
really bring in and David Lee Roth. The three of them have had like the best guitarists ever play in their bands. Yep. Yep. Period. So, uh, you know, if, if you had, you know, between uh, everybody that from Randy Rhodes to Brad Gillis to Jake Lee, and then you go to you go to you go to Zach like and Zach was a revelation because Zach was probably since Randy and probably after that for that matter was the most original guitar player that he had you know somebody who had his own style that like you could hear it and just go yeah that's Zach oh I gotta you know? disagree you can't you you could say the same thing about Jake uh i think it's zach's a little bit more recognizable i'm not saying that you only because of his jake. tone only because of his tone not because of his playing no his playing is far different than jake's it's far different but i'm saying i still hear things and i go that's jake well tell jake that i wish i could where is he i don't know he's probably playing with red snake dragon moan he's not playing with badlands unfortunately well you know what <laughs> we can't get into that because the whole like hey i'm gonna spread aids knowingly thing yeah right yeah yeah that's yeah that's bullshit yeah that's not good um but yeah so miracle man is what i went with from that one because that was the first song on the album you hear it you're just like wow what is this like such a great guitar tone what great playing and those pinch harmonics yes so yes your your turn Okay, I think one of the most important albums in this genre. Uh, it's constantly cited as an influence. It's in a lot of ways. It's it would be like the, I don't know, like the Beatles of of hip hop or I know rap. What you're gonna say, yeah, I know what you're gonna say. It's on my list. Straight out of Compton. Yep. N.W.A. That was next for me. So and and what's always blown my mind about N.W.A. is when you look back and you think about that these guys came together. You have Easy E, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, MC Ren, and then uh, who's the who's the fifth guy? I always oh. forget. I always forget the fifth guy. Doesn't oh. matter. The three of Easy E, Dr. Dre, and Ice Cube. The fact that those guys work together ever is is nuts. Um, now you're making me look up. Oh yeah, DJ Yella. There you go. Yes. Um, thank but, you, Gall. Uh, but uh, straight out of Compton, just fucking great. Fuck the police is on it. Yep. Uh, the the title track, stay out of straight out of Compton. Uh, express yourself, and also worth uh, honorable mention. That's like a, a tree off of this is Easy E. Easy does it. Also came out this year too. Produced by Dr. Dre. Right. So um, yeah. So what song I mean, did you pick from the album? The title track, straight oh, out of Compton. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be. See, I would have went with "Fuck the Police." Uh, either one, you could pick either one. They're both they're both one and not even one A. They're one yeah. and one. Like, yeah, put them both on the playlist. Okay, you're not going <laughs> to get an argument out of me. Um, nineteen eighty-eight had one of the best cover tunes ever recorded by one of the best metal bands ever. From "Ram It Down" by Judas Priest, Johnny, be good. No, it's actually one of the worst cover songs ever recorded by if one we, of the best bands ever. But Didn't um, I pick that for my This Song Sucks in did. our covers episode? Yeah, you did. You did. You did. Um, but I had a... I had a you know what? I Let me do my pick. And uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Bon Jovi, New Jersey. 
Uh, I think you, you, since you took my NWA, I had to go with Bon Jovi. So I traded NWA for Bon Jovi. Sorry. It's the only time that would ever happen. Ever. Ever. Uh, but yeah, I went with New Jersey because that, again, is another one of those albums. You put the playlist on the wall, you throw a dart, you hit a, you, you, you're going to get a hit. Yep. Um, and it's really well produced. Really well produced. Sonically perfect in so many ways. Uh, Bruce Fairburn, who is currently also dead um and wound up producing kiss later on and somehow fuck that up yeah psycho uh, <laughs> circus he did yeah uh, a couple of good songs on that album but he kind of fucked up everything else uh you know he did a really good job but this is like the murderer's row of because i think bob rock was the en- one of the engineers on this album uh as well and he had somebody there was a third that somebody a producer of note as well I, I forget but it was like the murderer's row of production and, and engineering people in the studio so if it didn't wind up being sonically perfect there was something wrong um but again if i'm going to pick something from that album i'm going to pick bad medicine great bon jovi track yep love it um is that all of them i've got yeah, one got, more yeah you got one more yeah except for i'm just realizing that i had one in the wrong year because it should have been in 87. I wanted to pick Kiss Crazy Nights. but uh, no, that's 87, yeah. Yeah, that's 87. So I'll go with this one. King Diamond Them. Yes. Love it. Yes. The track, Welcome Home. Of yes. course, that's the one everyone knows. That's yes. like the That's like if King Diamond had a hit, it would be yeah. Welcome Home. Um, gr- one of the most iconic drum intros ever by Mickey D., um great guitar playing from andy uh but again like you mentioned earlier about the police this is like if somebody said what is king diamond all about that's what you play them yep i agree it was funny i think i even told you this i i i was at a cult show when i was backstage i met mike piazza the former catcher of the mets and dodgers and uh because he's friends with john tempesta from the cult and mike is a drummer and when i say he's a drummer he actually plays like he can the guy can play and he was like spitting out all these things about gear and everything. Like I can hold my own in a gear conversation about drums to an extent. And he was just like way above me as far as like knowledge base. So he obviously knew so I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm trying really, I just can't nail the intro to welcome home. It's like, I'm trying so hard. And like, all right. Yeah. You're a metal drummer. This is yes. Right, Mickey cool. D just did a video. I think it was during COVID where he said, uh, you know, this is anytime I meet somebody, this is what they ask me about. It's, it's the intro to welcome home. And he shows how he did it. And he's like, yeah, you know, I've never thought it was that difficult, but apparently it is because everywhere <laughs> I go, somebody, asked, somebody asked me about it. And then I thought back to remember when you and me and Gall McCartney and Bob Tyrell were drinking beer with Mickey D and Doug Aldrich at Nam, and they took that big security guard took Mickey D's beer from him because it was after two. Oh, I don't remember. I was probably <laughs> hammered. But, but they, they took his beer and Goldfish said, you can't take his beer. That's Mickey D. And, and the security guard was like, I don't care who it is. It's after two. He's losing his beer. <laughs> oh, my God. Funny. All right. Well, some other honorable mentions from uh, from that year. Uh, another uh, amazing, I know one of your favorite Van Halen albums, OU812. I mean, yeah. Oh, really good. Yeah, you love that album. I know you love Finish What You Started. Yeah, I know garbage. it's your favorite song. I know it's Just your favorite straight song. straight garbage. It's like that and Dreams. Those are your two favorite Van Halen songs ever. Um, also, the Butthole Surfers, uh, Hairway to Steven. 
Uh, <laughs> 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 just, that's just on there because it's just one of the silliest titles of an album ever. And then Metallica's Injustice for All. I can't help but notice you didn't mention Blow Up Your Video by ACDC. Um, well, I, I didn't. And moving what on a, to 1989. What about Now in Zen by Robert, Robert Plant? Robert Plant. God. What a terrible fucking record that was. Heaven knows what kind of fool I am. Oh, yeah. yeah. It did have a... No, no, that one didn't have Tall Cole one, right? Did it? No, that no, had, that's on no, like that's Manic Nirvana. Manic Nirvana, yeah. yeah. Uh, 1989. 1989. You're going first. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with June 20th. It's a banner. <laughs> banner day. Banner day for fans of the the beginnings of funk rap rock. Because Faith No More came out with the real thing. Now, talk about a gender bender. Um, yes. Everything was on this album. <laughs> rap, rock, metal, lounge, covers from Midnight Cowboy. Um <laughs> just weird uh and of course that was the introduction of mike Patton. so uh you know for me he is him and chris cornell are my two favorite vocalists period mm -hmm. it's not even a discussion um because they're <laughs> both so versatile but um, could you please put that yeah. comment <laughs> so, remember when you threw my copy of now and zen onto the freeway well there you go <sighs> Anyway, the song I went <laughs> from the real thing, um, I didn't go with Epic. Uh, I didn't go with uh, From Out of Nowhere. I went with Falling to Pieces just because it's bouncy and fun. And it kind of was, it really kind of typifies the Faith No More poppiness that was that was on that album. Um, but, and it's, it's, it, there's, it really, it has the rap thing. It's got the singing thing. It's got a little bit of everything all in there. So that's what I went with. And you know what? Your turn because you, you're playing with your boyfriend here. That's uh, too in, funny. In the chat. That's <laughs> Go. Too we got to finish up this episode. Okay. First pick Skid Row by Skid Row. Came out January 24th, 1989. One of the first albums to come out that year. I picked Sweet Little Sister. This is the tune good song but you could pick anything i mean 18 and life's on there of course i remember you youth gone wild i love uh midnight and uh big guns is great but i love sweet little sister so i put that one as the track i saw skid row open up for uh aerosmith i think it was the pump tour um for aerosmith and they played all the hits and it was like all right cool skid row there you go awesome september 5th now that was a banner day <laughs> For grunge, uh, early, early, oh, early no. grunge. No, please don't pick this. What do you think I'm going to pick? I think you're going to pick Bleach. No. Okay, thank no. God. No, it's on my honorable mentions, but no. I'm going with Soundgarden, Louder Than Love. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a great album. Okay, that's I'm sorry. That's an incredible album. Yes, and I apologize. It's... You know, the Soundgarden that everybody's come to know and love, like everything from Bad Motorfinger and 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 on from yep. there, is not what was this album. No. This is this album is dark as fuck. All right. It's dark, it's disturbing, um, it's loud, it's uh louder than love. Uh it's uh it 
it very much like half the songs have like a mantra to it, like like a flow, mm-hmm. like a repeated flow thing. And Hands All Over typifies what I'm describing there. Hands All Over has that, you know, that dun, 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 like that kind of repeated beat through the whole thing. Uh, and then just Cornell at his screamy best. Um, he was so good on this album. Yeah. So good on this album. So. And again, like we mentioned on a couple other albums, it's it's totally the stepping stone to Bad Motorfinger. Yeah. yeah when is. you talk about songs like Slaves and Bulldozers and things yep. like that. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, it things like Rusty Cage, like their version of Rusty Cage, more reflects what was on Louder Than Love than what came afterwards on like super unknown or something like that. So like down on the upside, like that, none of that reflects what's, what's here uh, on louder than love. So if, if you haven't delved back that far in Soundgarden's catalog, do it like that album is just great. And there's also a great uh, song called big dumb sex. Yes. uh, Which the course is, Hey, I, I I know what to do. I'm going to fuck, 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 fuck you fuck you didn't gnr cover that on uh spaghetti incident fuck you um ah, did they and they might have somebody around that time period did i'll have to look that one up but uh i'll look it up right now but yeah uh your turn okay um another ground breaking record uh debut record from this year nine inch nails pretty hate machine great album love it it's probably the most accessible nine inch nails what do you think um, the most which one accessible it's the least mm. weird nine inch nails in um, my opinion i guess in some ways it's a little bit more accessible i i still think that the downward spiral probably has more accessible type songs on it they are weird until you get to things accessible. like march of the pigs and things like that you know i love that song so. well i do too but it's a little in your <laughs> face you know what i mean it, it is and but but hurt is on there too so yeah. you know it's uh, maybe it's tied but for different reasons Mm -hmm. you know like head like a hole is like you could sing it like you want to sing that song you know yes um whereas some things on you know nine inch uh, on a downward spiral you might hurt yourself trying to sing. yes yeah yeah (laughs) so So my my track i picked terrible lie ah it's great tune yes see that's another one of those that you could sing uh by the way uh guns and roses did not cover that song they did cover hair of the dog yeah, that's um, not what I'm thinking of. Somebody, somebody big did big dumb sex. Yeah, they probably did. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Fuck you. Um, this one, I could have gone with a lot of different things, but 1989 was not necessarily the greatest year. It was another tougher year to pick things that were kind of good uh, in a lot of ways because you know once you clicked over to 1990, then that's a whole other thing. We'll do that decade another time, um, but. For me, as far as my personal preferences and what I like, this album meant a lot to me. And that was Wrathchild America, um, Climbing the Walls. You've uh, brought that up a few times. I have, because I love that album, man. That and 3D. I love that band. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm friends with Brad, the singer slash bassist. And, and, and I, I'm not friends with him because I like the music. I'm friends with him because he's a cool guy. And, you know, he happened to write two of my favorite albums. But climbing the walls is is the greatest bridge 
in my mind of hair metal and thrash because you know the drumming is definitely you know the the drumming in the music is definitely shreddy uh in some ways but also very metal in some ways the singing is sort of hair band but there's a lot of screaming involved in a very metal way so it was this kind of bridge to and then you know on that album then the next album was definitely more prog metal which is where i really live is like in the mm-hmm. prog world for me so it, it really kind of it's just sort of like the best of all things for me i love that album i love that album and the, and the title track title track climbing the walls is what i went with on that one i am totally unfamiliar with that band but i'm gonna have you to check to, them yeah, out you, you got to check out you got to ch- just give the first song 30 seconds trust me you'll be like oh cool i see what mike's talking about <laughs> And because Shannon Larkin is was the drummer of Ratchel. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah he's awesome. Yeah. Regardless drummer. of what you think about Godsmack, he's fucking yep. incredible. Yep, yep. And he was in Ugly Kid Joe, and he was in Amen, and he was in a bunch of other things too. So he's killer. Yep, great drummer. My last pick, 1989. I know you don't have this one. Very important uh, milestone in his career. Bob Dylan. Oh mercy fantastic record who would have thought who would have thought <laughs> fantastic record it's the it's the uh first like killer record he had done in probably probably since blood on the tracks uh which at that point was about 15 years prior um the whole album is awesome uh great of course great lyrics um but the track i picked was when teardrops fall what happens when they fall they fall but uh, Daniel Lanois produced oh. that record coming off of, um, I think he was like the engineer on Joshua Tree, because I, I know Brian Eno is the producer on yeah, Joshua no, Tree. Yeah, I, I so. think you're right. I think he was an engineer on Joshua yeah. Tree. So that's, yeah. the, the Dylan got the idea to use him from Bono, and uh, it was the first time he had worked with like an outside producer that was like going to push him to do new things, and he got it out of him. It's a great record from front to back, and uh, of course they would go around to work again uh, together on uh, Time Out of Mind, which was Dylan's like big renaissance as an artist, so um, Oh Mercy is the stepping stone to that. All right. Well, that's uh, oh, we have some honorable mentions. Uh, this one's a little bit crusty, crunchy. Uh, Morbid Angel alters the madness. Yes, I had that on my list. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and then uh, I did have Bleach by Nirvana, yeah. uh, but also Motley Crue, Doctor Feelgood, and also I have uh, Sonic Temple by The Cult. Yep. Uh, Don't tell a soul by The Replacements and Trash by Alice Cooper. I think there was probably a year that I didn't give honorable mentions on. Oh yeah, 1982. We didn't give honorable mentions. Um, Iron Maiden Killers. No, that was that was 81. That was 81. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but I put Culture Club, Kissing to Be Clever, <laughs> and The Descendants. Milo goes to college. Milo goes to college for sure. Yeah. Bruce, Nebraska. Yeah. And then I put Signals by Rush, but yeah, as well. Signals. I like Signals. I like Signals better than Nebraska. See, now this is, I love Sue. I love That's Sue a good one. because she's right. Great radio controversy from 89. Again, uh, we couldn't touch on every album. I wish we could have. Uh, but yeah, t- great radio controversy is a killer album. Absolutely killer album. Um, so that's pretty much 
everything. Now, if you have submissions that you want to send, you could always, you know, we could always expand our, um, expand the playlist and you could just send everything, all your, all your things to info at cover to cover.com. As long as it wasn't on an album that we've already picked, because we want to kind of keep it to one per album, more or less with the exception of the NWA album where we're going to have two, uh, because Hey, NWA, I have one more honorable mention for 89 that has to be talked about. Oh, what you got? Tom Petty, full moon fever. Uh, you didn't have to mention that. Yes, I did. No, you really didn't. You didn't. You Running down just... a dream, free falling. I won't yeah. back down. All on that record. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's great. Uh, you know how much I love Tom Petty. Yeah, for some reason, I don't. I don't get. I don't get your disgust for Tom Petty. Just not a fan. I don't understand how you just can. Just not a. F- I'm just not a fan. I'm just not a fan. There's something yeah. wrong with you. Yeah, and yeah, there there was no honorable mention of Janet Jackson's <laughs> Rhythm Nation in 1989 or any year, for that matter. Um, all right, so moving on, we have two segments left, and then we're going to let everybody go. And the first one of these, for those of you that don't know, is called Discovered. This is where we discuss a cover song that we like as much, if not more, than the original. Nixon. That's you. That's your new nickname, Nixon. <laughs> Uh, you go first on this one. Okay. As you know, I always like to stick with the theme. So I went with an eighties cover and I went with Guar doing get out of my dreams by Billy ocean. (laughs) And I know that version and it's great. It is. Oh my God. It's so good. Oh my God. That's amazing. (laughs) That is such a great pick. Yes. I can't, I can't touch that, man. I cannot touch that. That is so awesome that you picked that. If nobody, if you haven't seen it, as soon as you're done, stay on YouTube and go on YouTube and just find it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh Jesus. That's too funny. (laughs) Wow. Anything I say is going to pale in comparison to that. It's going to pale in comparison to that. Uh, But sticking with the theme, uh, Guns N' Roses. I went with their cover of Mama Ken. Off because, Lies. Uh, yeah. It, uh, or Live Like a Suicide, depending yeah, on right, you yeah. know, how, you, how you want to call it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think they destroy the Aerosmith original. Um, I like the Aerosmith version, but I love the attitude in the Guns N' Roses version. And Slash's playing is great on it. So, yes. um, you know, but I think that honestly, I think that Axel's voice fits the song better with the lyrics than than Steven Tyler. Uh, it just fits better. I've always so, loved that version. Yeah, it's it's just a killer, killer rendition of that song. And if you haven't heard it, get GNR Lies or go on Apple Music and find it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, because GNR Lies hasn't been reissued. So for somehow, so I think it has to do with the inner uh-huh. and with the probably blues. the song one in a million. <laughs> probably has something to do with it one in a million uh, now i have an og Mm -hmm. i have an og nude booby inner version on vinyl uh and that's never leaving my collection like ever but yeah one in a million don't listen to that song no (laughs) unless you want to be like oh that's why they're never going to play this song ever 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 again i bet they would love to erase that out of their history if they could time time marches on and sometimes you got to think about that as a band. Yep. Um, so anyway, uh, that was mine. Now, you know what time it is. It's, it's time, time for our final Did segment. Did Pat Middlestack come back? I hope he, he did. did. He came back. No, no, okay, he came all right, back. Good. He came back. Uh, I don't think he cursed me too much. 
Uh, but for those of you that for the for the uninitiated, it is time for a segment called "This Song Sucks," and we have a very specific intro for this song. We'll see you in fifteen seconds. It's never not funny. It's so good. I'm sorry. I'm playing it again. <laughs> I love the count off. That's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> And I wrote and recorded that in like an hour. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 15 seconds. So anyway, um, <laughs> I still love it. All right. Um, on the Guns N' Roses train, sticking with it, though, this is from 91. Uh, and the reason why it came to me is because Guns N' Roses is about to release a gigantic box set for Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. I think it's like a $500 box set. Yeah, it's got like 20 LPs in it. Yeah, and CDs and 7 inches, like a ton of 7 inches and like doodads and knickknacks and it's it's this big box with like a... um, What's the cover? Uh, it's like a not a is it a lenticular? It's a lenticular cover, Well, I think it's... it's, Yeah, but I think actually the box, it's like a shadow box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like... So it's it it looks great, but I mean it's five hundred bucks. Not um, for long. Yeah, probably not. It'll probably drop down to three eighty. Yeah, no time at all. But that's supposed to come out in November, I think, right? Or late yes. this month, October twenty eighth. No, no, it's like it's. I think it's November. Is it November? Okay. Yeah. So either way, within the next forty five to sixty days, it'll be out. Um, and one song from those albums, I think it's on two, is "My World." Oh my god! And it's fucking awful. It's just basically, I don't know. It's some sort of like electronica and like Axel just being a douche and doing weird things with his voice and screaming and talking and just being Axel. It's yeah, it's not good. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's It's, awful. It's awful. It's God awful. And I don't even know. And it's look, it's only like a minute and a half long, but Really, when you think about it, did you need to do that? Were you that short on finishing the album that like, hey, we need something. I got an idea, said Axel, and goes into the studio and just like, here, just like throw a bunch of shit on tape. And I'm just going to go in my world. There is so much garbage on both of those records. There's a lot of great stuff, but there's a lot of really bad crap like that like my world that song get in the ring is terrible get in the ring is another not so great one it's better than my world yeah well yeah there's not much that isn't but yeah no you're absolutely right that song does suck that song is fucking awful it's fucking terrible that song sucks all right your turn well as i mentioned earlier (laughs) it was time to talk about it not only the worst song of the 80s, but possibly the worst song of all time. Oh, my God. You, you're just really just overwrought. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it gets any shittier than this, to be honest with you. 
have you heard <laughs> my arch my arch nemesis steve yes. miller your arch nemesis he's coming for you the song is abracadabra mm, abracadabra awful awful i want to reach out and grab you i want to reach out and grab steve miller and punch him in the fucking face that song sucks so bad but black panties with an angel's face i hate how i you know what I, i've been thinking about this because people always go why do you hate steve miller so much first off how he pronounces things i hate you i hate have a he, really big problem with his voice like, i hate I, how he goes i hate it like i need it like a fucking oh god he sucks he's so bad i hate his guitar playing all of his lyrics are horrible he is the worst He's the worst of all time, and Abracadabra is a prime example of why he's the worst of all time. I'm trying to see, like, I see the magic in your eyes. I hear the magic in your size. Uh, he's, okay, there you go, case in point. How's that for some lyrics? You make me hot. You make me sigh. You make me laugh. You make me cry. Keep me burning for your love with the touch of a velvet glove. Spoken word by Steve Miller. <laughs> it really doesn't work. Uh, yeah, even and even again, Patrick's like <laughs> like I like I always have to say he because he has to say it every time he does an interview. Yeah, Les Paul was his godfather, and Charles Mingus was coming over to his house, and that's what he put out into the world was abracadabra. What that's what you Mingus got out of do with him? I'm confused. Oh, Charles Mingus was hanging out with his dad. So when Steve Miller was a little kid, Charles Mingus would come over and jam. So he okay. sat in a room with Charles Mingus, and we got abracadabra because of it. We also got, you know, take the money and run. Yeah, which is also terrible. And the Joker, Joker which is a fucking, it's a joke. It's fucking terrible. And uh, Jet Airliner, which isn't his song, I get, no. but like he he brought it to the masses, so he's responsible. That song sucks. Oh um, Fly like an eagle, terrible. You're just a bad person. No, I'm not a bad person. He's a bad person. And on top of it, like I've mentioned on this show before, everyone I know that's met him says he's a fucking dick too. So there you go. I haven't met him, so I can't speak to it. Oh, but he I doesn't play. Never mind. He doesn't play what? Nothing. Yeah, he doesn't play Taylor guitars. No, um, I was gonna not say that, but yeah, yeah, I said it. So there you Fuck go. you. Um, yeah, what's happening, baby? We try to avoid that as much as possible. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Unless there's anything else, that Wild you Mountain contribute. Honey, awful, also Pat. Oh my God, you have such a hard on for him. It's amazing. Um. Again, uh, info at CoverToCover.com if you have any other submissions you'd like to give to us. Uh, you can also check out Nick over at RockCityMusicCo.com. And where is your store if you are in the Detroit metro area? Five Mile and Farmington in Livonia. There you go. So, oh, wow, I can have two of these at once going. That's there you cool. Go. Can I have everything? Oh, no, I can't. No. I can only have All right. Well, you can also check us out at CoverToCover.com, though I haven't updated that website in a while, so I really need to do that. But again, info at CoverToCover.com. Send your submissions. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Again, my name is Mike, and that is Nick. And now we play the music to take us out because that is what one does when they try to 
be somewhat professional, which doesn't normally happen. Uh, again, we're going to be back on October 25th, which is a Tuesday. We're going to come up with a spooky playlist for your Halloween fun. Uh, and uh, what else? Uh, Nick is going to sell a whole bunch of guitars this weekend. Let's hope. Uh, and if anybody wants to work at Nick's store, you can send him an application. He's always looking for good people. And uh, Pretty sure Gall McCartney fell asleep because he didn't participate in the Steve Miller conversation. Yeah, I know, right? Jesus. Uh, and no, it is not the second longest time. I think it is the third longest time at this point. Um, but if we just keep talking, we'll go second longest for sure. Anyway, thank you all. We love you. And uh, wow, how much longer does this song go? <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah. There we go. Goodbye. See ya.